they got to blast on us. The black blurs, blurs are rush. Y'all turn that podcast up. Friends from the UK with something to say, just talking about everything. From the wonderful nerding world, the reviews they bring. These brilliant blurs give you the word. All the latest movies, animes, video games, and TV series. Call your friends who don't know and tell them what they're missing. Then sit back and relax and listen to I'm Big T. And welcome to episode 224 of Bloods R Russ. Uh, hey. <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, <coughs> in my days. <laughs> you, you, you alright? <laughs> yeah, just, you know, you just get a little like tickle in the back of you your You got throat. the vid? Nah, 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 vid? I definitely not got the vid. The better not have the vid because I'm freaking <laughs> got surgery coming up soon. But oh shit! Who are you performing surgery on, bro? I didn't know. Oh no! You had those skills. <laughs> no, I'm I'm getting a, a knee a, a scope on my knee basically. So they're gonna put a camera in there and see if they can figure out what's wrong with my leg. Someone no scoped you in the knee. What? What's going <laughs> on? So I've left serious. Um, what seriously? So you're gonna get your knee sorted? Yeah. Well, I'm hoping so. Hopefully, yeah. That's I've, good. I've got, your knee's been troubling you for a while, isn't it? it yeah, it has. So they're gonna dig around in there, basically, see if there's anything wrong with it that they can see with the camera. And okay. uh, hopefully, I'll be back on my feet in a couple of days. Nice. Um, but yeah, That's we've good. had a little bit of another look. We're gonna scheduling is gonna get a lot bit more difficult, especially during the winter period. Um, mm. I've also been trying to play catch up with everything I've you know I was meant to watch. I caught up on a lot, not everything. I've still got a crap ton of things left to go, to watch. Um, mm. But we're gonna get into all of that. But I'm gonna let you go first. To you, what have you been watching, and you know, break it down. Um. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna just. I'm going to talk about the thing that you haven't seen and then like when we get into the rest we can kind of talk into it but mm. I've been watching that live action Cowboy Bebop on Netflix okay I'm like 22 minutes in on the first episode okay I've got about 20 minutes left of the last episode okay. <laughs> so we're at like the opposite ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. but um, it's good it's good it, it's like it's a million times better than that death note netflix movie mm. so that's positive mm. um I, I i don't know if i can judge this fairly because cowboy bebop is one of my favorite animes like i, I haven't i'm not the biggest like anime aficionado like you guys mm-hmm. but do you know what i mean cowboy bebop is one of my favorite ones as long as well as samurai champloo death note do you know what i mean my list is small but this is one of my top ones. So mm-hmm. it's hard to compare it because I hold it, the original, at such a high standard that I don't think it can. It's like the Lion King situation all over again. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to do in live action. You're not going to achieve the perfection that the animation achieved. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. In my opinion. And Cow- Cowboy Bebop and, and Samurai Champloo, those two shows made by the same creator, I believe, um, they're just so they're so unique like it's got it's, they've got their own style 
their own like way of telling stories where it's like you get introduced to the characters without knowing anything about their backstory. You, you get to know the characters first mm. and then every now and again, you'd be drip fed a little bit of their backstory. Like I think both animes are about 26 episodes long and you probably get maybe an episode or two based on each character's background. Do you know what I mean? Per series. So you don't, and even then you don't get the full story. A lot of stuff gets hinted at or do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's done very, it's done in a very unique way. And so when you do get to know the characters first and you start to like them and then get their backstory and see like how tragic it is or how much drama or whatever it is, it matters more because you already know and like the characters. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas in the show, it's all kind of surface level. Do you know what I mean? Like the characters get introduced and then like, even if it's just hinted at or like a line of dialogue it's like their backstory it's not really that much of a mystery it's kind of in the forefront of the show in a way so like with Faye she doesn't even get introduced until I think about episode three or four in the show in this she turns up in the first episode mm. and you straight away get to know her whole history of like um of her amnesia and coming out of cryo freeze and all that stuff. It, it's kind of put out there with her character's introduction. Whereas with the original anime, you see her in a number of episodes and get to know her as a character. And like, she's kind of a bitch, but she's like, she's good at what she does. She's, a, do you know what I mean? You get to know her as a character. Yeah, she doesn't and then when straight away. She's... Exactly. She doesn't even know straight away, but in the show, it, she gets introduced already knowing and already like investigating it, if that makes sense. So it it's done it, it, in terms of the style, it's similar. It's obviously got that jazz influence, but visually it's kind of got its own kind of style. Um, it's cast quite well. I mean, everyone always forever said Keanu Reeves would be the best Spike, mm -hmm. but um, I think, is it John Cho? I yeah. think he does well. Yeah, he from, does it well. He, from he's good. Because obviously when they dropped the visuals, I was like, ugh. Like, I yeah. wasn't really feeling it. But, you know, the, the demeanor and, you know, for what I've seen in the first 20 minutes, like, he's put, he's, he's, he's doing all right. He's, he's doing a good enough job. Yeah, he, he, he does it well. Do you know what I mean? He, he definitely does it well. Um, the guy they got to play Jet uh, is good as well. Um, it's a bit of a different, guy it's not the same jet from the show um they've added stuff to his character that i, I won't get into I'll, I'll, I'll let you watch it but yeah. and that's what they've done a lot in this show it's like they've handpicked particular episodes because the original uh, anime as well this and shamurai champloo it's not like a running storyline throughout there's there's like a goal but each episode is kind of its own thing. Like a lot of the times you could watch this out of order yeah. and it wouldn't make much of a difference. You know what I mean? Like each episode is about a certain bounty or a different character or, and I'm not usually a fan of like, like weekly procedurals or whatever they're called courtroom dramas and CSI and all that. I like a show that has a, a running storyline through it and it develops as we go. I don't like the, uh, villain of the week or the case of the week. Do you know what I mean? 
it's rare like it happens like Sherlock or something like that it happens that I like it but in general I don't like that so Cowboy Bebop is like that every episode is like its own little thing and they're only like 23 minutes and what they achieve in those 23 minutes it's like they introduce the scenario the new characters the the stakes the the um connection that the characters have with each other and then it all builds up and like crescendos if that's the right word in this like climax where it's either like a chase scene or an action scene a fight or something like it always climaxes in that and it's always like written so well that you really feel the the drama or the tension or the excitement of it like it, it, it just gets you pumped whereas in this even though like they've cherry picked certain episodes like they'll take bounties and characters and stuff it's like it, the show in general is a lot more focused on the relationship between Spike, uh, Vicious, and uh, Julia from his past. So we see Vicious and Julia throughout the show, kind of what they're doing at the same time while Spike's out doing his bounties and stuff. Um, so in a way, it gets in more detail in certain aspects, but in other aspects, it just hints at what was in the original anime and sometimes they just don't include it at all like edward i don't know if you remember edward from the from the, the little kid yeah it was a girl but everyone thought it was a guy mm. she's not in the show at all which isn't the worst thing because she was a bit annoying if i'm honest but i think like that was the point of her so she's um, not in it i don't know she hasn't appeared in the show not I, like I said, I've only got 20 minutes of the last episode left. And I, unless she's been, like I said, sometimes they give character roles to other people or they combine characters like, um, I don't know if you remember in the show, there was one episode where everyone was getting kind of brainwashed. There was like a VR headset they'd put on that has a game and the game would brainwash you into joining this cult and it would be like, upload your soul. Your body is just a vessel. Get rid of your body and upload your soul and become digital and da-da-da and all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turns out that it was some boy in a coma who used to be a hacker who hacked into this VR thing and, and was doing this because his body is now useless. He's stuck in a coma. So he's trying to get everyone to kind of become digital like him. That kind of um, the VR headset and the kind of uploading your soul kind of element is in this show but it's combined they don't have the kid in the coma it's kind of combined with there was another episode in cowboy bebop anime where a satellite like the ai of an old satellite went rogue Mm -hmm. and started like graffitiing planets and just causing trouble they've kind of combined those two stories so it's like an ai that's evolved and gone rogue and is trying to make people join him in the digital world. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it hints at both stories, but kind of combines them and creates their own thing. Um, it Visually, it tries to set it up so that it looks like the show, like the dog is there mm-hmm. from the show. I don't know if you remember the dog, but obviously the dog had more meaning in the anime. There was, there was a reason it was special, whereas in the show... It's just a dog. It, it's just a dog. Do you know what I mean? Like this guy is just stealing rich people's dogs. Whereas in the show, it was more, um, 
there was more to it. Do you know what I mean? So just just things like that. It's still good. I love the world. I love like the the characters. So it was nice to see they have done some new stuff, like introduce their own bounties. And when they do their own thing, I think I like it more than when they try to imitate what was done before because they make changes. And it, in my opinion, it's not for the better. And I, I don't see the reason to make changes just for the sake of saying, well, we're different. It's like, well, if it's not better, then what's the point in being different? Do you know what I mean? Mm. If it's not even on the levels, what's the point of even doing it? So to me, it was never going to be as good. I was excited for it. I did enjoy it. Mm. Um, can't wait to see how it's going to, I think I know how it's going to end because of what I've seen in the trailers. I've, I've literally just got the final conflict left. Like Spike is on his way to, to, the final standoff with vicious mm-hmm. and from what i've seen in the trailers like obviously you get that image that iconic image of them standing in front of like the the church glass like stained windows and like he's got his gun pointed up at vicious and vicious has got his sword pointed down at spike that was from episode five of the anime do you know what i mean that was their first meeting their first time fighting on the show Whereas in this, it's like they've saved it for their final climax. So they move the timeline around. They take things from different places and they've done their own thing with it. Do you know what I mean? Which I appreciate. I didn't. I, I wouldn't want just a carbon copy. But at the same time, it was it was never going to be as good as the anime. Like it is, that's an impossible height to reach, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but it was enjoyable. I, I'd give it... Oh, mate. Um... I think it's harsh, but I'd give it a half chicken. It was good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But I obviously having the original to compare it to, I, I just couldn't get that out of my head. I, I couldn't move past it just not being as good. Do you know what I mean? I reckon without having seen the original, it would be worthy of a free piece. Mm-hmm. But just to me personally, I'd, I'd, I think it falls a bit too far short of the anime to to earn that much do you know what i mean so if, yeah for me it's a half chicken entertaining i would still recommend it to anyone who's a fan of the show it's not disrespectful to the original source material in a way that say um death note was do you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's it's its own thing i wouldn't go in expecting to get the same as what you would get from the anime if that makes sense it's it's in a way it is very much its own thing um but yeah, still entertaining, still good. I'd give it a half chicken, which is to me is a good, is a good score. For anyone that's wondering what he's talking about when he's talking about half chicken, that's basically our rating system. So if you think something is dead, it gets bones. Next up is a quarter chicken, half chicken, then a free piece, and there's a creme de la creme, it gets a whole chicken. So half chicken is pretty good. It means it's the standard, middle of the road. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It wasn't bad. There was never a moment where I was bored. It was never a moment where I was, it felt like a chore, like I enjoyed it, can't wait to finish it. As soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go finish that episode. Um, but a lot of times it just made me want to watch the anime at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Fair enough. Uh, right. But yeah, still good. I'd still recommend it. I feel like people would have a good time with it. Um, yeah. That's all I'm going to say, though, without getting into spoilers. Calm. I will try and have it watched for the weekend and review it. 
properly. Yeah, I'd like to see what you what you guys because obviously you're more anime head. So yeah, but I, I never cool rated Cowboy Bebop like everyone else does. Same with Samurai. Right? Really? I, I thought it was alright when I watched it. Like I don't really remember it much. Yeah, it's not one that I like. Again, I you know I did hear a lot of good things about it. I I watched it. I know I finished it, but mm. um, again, it's not one of those ones that I go to like. Oh my gosh, I had such an amazing time watching this, so on and so forth. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not like it's not like a most epic anime. Like, there's no like power ups and epic like four episode, twenty episode battles. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. It's very um, subtle. It's very kind of low key. It's chill. Do you know what I mean? Like it's jazz. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But to me, I liked each episode. Like I said, how it sets up this this final set piece and just I don't know, just unraveling it and the mystery of of the characters and finding out about their backstory. Like I said, the way it drip feeds it to you, it it knows exactly how much to give to you without giving you too much whereas i feel like this the this live action show uh is it's more like traditionally paced it's more kind of um like your typical kind of show how you set up the hero and the villain and kind of jump between the two see what they're both doing and then they both lead up to um to the finale which is like i said i'm about to see um it is interesting. Like, like I said, certain aspects of it, it gets into more detail. So you do get a bit more of um, of Spike and Vicious when they worked for the, um, um, what's it called? The, the syndicate. Um, so you do get a bit more of that backstory. And it kind of gave me a bit of like Cloud and Sephiroth vibes, maybe just because he's got white hair mm-hmm. or not even Cloud and Sephiroth, Cloud and Zack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but um yeah it was interesting to see a bit more of the backstory um again they kind of do their own thing but without trying to spoil anything the changes they made kind of make it a bit more seem like spike and julia kind of did vicious dirty like he did kind of deserve it and you'll see what i mean when you get to it but they've clearly tried to set him up more as not a sympathetic villain, but uh, empathetic. Mm-hmm. So you can see why he is like this and what's led him here. And even though he's not a good person and he's, what he does isn't good, you, you can never like agree with him. If the, what happened to him happened to someone else or happened to yourself, you'd be pissed. Do you know what I mean? So... <laughs> it, I, I, I can see where he's coming from even if I don't agree with him if that makes yeah. sense and you also see why he's called vicious if that makes sense mm-hmm. like especially in I think it's episode 9 episode 9 is a complete like is a fully flashback episode mm-hmm. and you see <laughs> why vicious is called vicious but yeah I'm not I'm, I'm gonna leave it there but I enjoyed it I still had fun of it it was nice visiting that the world of Cowboy Bebop again. The intro music alone gets me pumped. Like, I love that shit when it's like, three, two, one, let's jam. Yeah. Uh, it's just so cool. There's something so cool about it. And they use the same um, end credit scenes as well from the original anime, which is which is nice as well. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's Cowboy Bebop. I can't wait to, to hear what you think about it. 
Uh, what else have I been doing or watching? I think everything else is either on the main topics or it's something that maybe you've seen. Um, what we could do, I mean, in my personal life, I've been I've been house hunting, looking for a house. Um, I know I've told you guys, but I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, but my wife is pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got our second child on the way. So we need a bigger place. We need our, our own place because at the moment we're um, uh, living with her mum. She cares for her mum, but we need our own space. We need our own house. So we went to view a house the other day. Nice. Uh, but it was in East London. So that's a bit of a trek. Mm. Uh, don't make a difference for me it's probably the same distance from south to where I am now so in terms of you guys and my family and stuff it doesn't really make a difference but it gets her away from her family and she's pregnant she's got a kid do you know what I mean like, I wouldn't feel right leaving her especially in East London mate where all those fucking gangsters are <laughs> right. <laughs> mm. you know what I mean Phil Mitchell might roll up and fucking okay. have a go but, um, but yeah, so that's what I've been up to in my personal life. Um, don't know if you want to move on to your week, I guess. All right, well, um, yeah, I'm going to go through it fairly quickly. Um, I've binged Arcane. Um, I don't know if we're going to get into that a little bit more on the weekend with some of the other guys who've watched it. Uh, I'm going to mm. give it a whole chicken. Uh, the animation nice. is top tier. Um, I am not very big on League of Legends, but I really enjoy the story. I really enjoy the characters. Um mm. It was just really well done. And again, if Netflix continues to use the parts of stuff like this, they're going to keep being like one of the leaders in the, in the, um, you know, streaming industry. Uh, mm. I finally also got around to watching Army of Thieves. Um, was, oh, nice. It was okay. I think half yeah. chicken. It wasn't any better than the Army of the Dead or whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, I liked the girl because it wasn't, she, isn't she the girl that was in like, um, um, fast like Fast and Furious she became like the tech girl I think so I think she was in Game of Thrones wasn't she oh um Kyra she Renee, was she was Cersei not Cersei's um Daenerys is like assistant mate. yeah yeah was she yeah, she was yeah, in yeah. Fast and Furious as well right huh I'm pretty sure she was in Fast and Furious um yeah, am I think I, it am, might be am, right. Am I being racist? And it's a different black woman. <laughs> um, no, I think you're right. I think it is her. Yeah, yeah, she's Ramsey. Fast. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm not being racist. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, half chicken. You know, I, I watched mm-hmm. it. It wasn't great. It was kind of long. Or it felt long. Yeah, it felt kind of long. I had yeah, I had a lot of. I enjoyed it, but I had a lot of problems with it at the same time. Mm. Like, I've, I haven't got my notes. I've thrown away my notes for that one because I, I thought I was done with it. But mm. um, off the top of my head, like, I can just remember little things like in the beginning when he goes to like the safe cracking tournament or whatever, which already is just weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Doesn't really there's a sense. moment where he like, he wins mm-hmm. and everyone's cheering for him and like, they call him, what do they call him? They call him something like, oh, what do they call him? I can't remember. They call him like new new guy or something like that. I can't yeah. remember. They call him something. But when he wins and everyone's cheering for him and women are even screaming out like, we love you, new guy or whatever. And then you see that the, the woman, the black chick from Game of Thrones or whatever. Yeah. And she's smiling at him. And it kind of, everything kind of slows down and he's like, 
uh, in that moment when I met her, like she was the only one in the whole place that smiled at me. And I'm thinking, (laughs) no, it's not though. Like we can literally see everyone is cheering for you right now. You've got your choice of the girls, mate. Like everyone's screaming out. They love you. Like she's not the only one smiling at him. Mm. So it's like, I get why they would write that into his dialogue because that's what would make her stand out to him. But it didn't match what was actually happening. What we, do you know what I mean? What we yeah. were seeing, and stuff like that. Like it, it. Yeah, I had a lot of problems like stuff like that with the film, but it was still entertaining. Yeah. I don't know. It shouldn't have been called Army of Thieves. There was like five of them. <laughs> That's not an army. I was expecting everyone from the safe cracking tournament to turn up at the end. Mm. That would have been an army. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, we need backup. Call everyone in, and. Um, it also it had its hands tied by being a prequel to Army of the Dead because there are four legendary safes, right? No. There are four legendary safes. Oh yeah, yeah. But because because one of them was the safe in in Army of the Dead, we're gonna say that we only are going to go for three of them in this one. And it's like, well, if you was a real safe cracker who you're not even doing it for the money. You're doing it for the thrill of cracking the safes. Why would you stop at three? Why well, wouldn't you go for all four? Like, if that's, <laughs> your, if that's your hobby, if that's your high, surely you'd want to go for all four, right? It wasn't confirmed where the fourth one was. They had an inkling it was in Vegas, but it wasn't confirmed where the other three, they knew where it was. Yeah, it the was other like... three, they knew where it was, but there was rumours that it was in Vegas. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I, I I just felt like they would continue to pursue it. Like they they like also the policeman when he figures out it's them after they've they attack the first safe. Mm. He's like, okay, they've got the first safe. We've only got two chances left. And it's like, well, again, why would you assume that they're only going for three out of four of them? Why mm. wouldn't you be like? Well, again, it's one do of know, those ones I mean, where you know I mean? the fourth one was so mythical, no one expected it to be, you know, exist. Mm. So to speak. Mm. Yeah, and, okay. And yeah, I, I, I didn't like the yeah. ending of him just letting the guy go. Like, what? What the hell is that all about? Yeah. So dumb. Yeah, well, that was a bit dumb yeah. as well. I like, there was a moment, actually, though, I think after the first or second one where the... Um, What's his name? Chad or whatever his name is. Brad Brad Cage. Where he like chucks him out of the van, like snaking him. Yeah. And then he's on the run. That moment was good. Like it was played for laughs at moment. It was played but like... Again, it was dumb. Could... How am I expecting this nerdy guy to be like this amazing guy on a bike? Yeah. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. Like, but mm. the moment just before that made me crack up because it was like there's a moment where he tries to take someone's bike, but it's like chained up with mm. like a bike lock. Yeah. And he, and he can't like, he, he's panicking. So he's just shaking it, like desperately trying to get this bike and he can't do it. And it made me laugh. Cause it's like the world's top safe cracker who can open these legendary safes that have riddles and all this shit. And he's stumped by a bike lock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like and that yeah. just made me laugh. And then there was kind of, me up. but yeah it's an entertaining film it's just it, it, again like you said it wasn't any better than I don't know I would probably say it was slightly better than Army of the Dead mm. but 
that's not not by much and that's not yeah. saying much because i didn't rate highly of the dead that high either yeah, apparently it was written and directed by the the guy the main guy that german guy oh really yeah so he he took the character and the concept and i think he worked with Zack snyder mm. and they came up with this kind of prequel and I think there's going to be a sequel to Army of the Dead, and he's working on it with him as well. I don't know if the character is going to turn back up because I don't know if he died or not in Army of the Dead. I, I, thought, remember. I thought he died. That's Last thing I remember I of him died. was locking himself in the safe. Didn't he? Or something like no, that? No, that was the black, black guy that did that. Was that the black guy? Yeah, I thought everyone died. I can't remember what happened with this guy then. I thought everyone... Well, it ended with Vegas getting nuked, so... Yeah. I thought <laughs> yeah, everyone died and, the, and the black guy turned into a zombie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, everyone died. Mm, I think there, his daughter if, was the only survivor. If there was a sequel, I'd watch it again. I'd, like, just the last, like, yeah, ten, like, last 10 minutes just to <laughs> find out what's going on for the sequel. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. So um, what did you give it? Half chicken. Yeah, I'll give it a half uh, chicken. Army of thieves. Yeah. yeah half. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, came out 2021. Um, nice. I feel like this was delayed, was it not? Mate, this has been delayed for years. Like, I know what you mean. Like, the actual production of this movie, I think, was delayed. Mm-hmm. But Ghostbusters 3 has been struggling to get off the, the starting block from the 90s bro do you know what I mean like mm. since Ghostbusters 2 this one has been struggling to get made right. so. so a supernatural comedy film directed by Jason Reitman who co-wrote a screenplay with Gil Keane the film who, was- who is actually sorry to jump in who's, that's actually the son of the guy that wrote the original Ghostbusters what Jason Reitman who directed this one who wrote this one did you say Jason Reitman is the son of the guy who originally wrote the original Ghostbusters. Uh, okay. he's, I can't remember his name, though. But it's uh-huh. Reitman as well. Yeah. Uh, so this started Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, Kenna Grace, and Paul Rudd, while Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and M- Emmy Hudson the second, um made an appearance. I don't know why this yeah. is, this is <laughs> stupid. Um... I I like this, but I didn't love it. I thought mm. like, because I'm not like deeply invested in Ghostbusters. Isn't it? I didn't watch it as a kid growing up. Like, I think I would have watched one and two when we reviewed the one with the women. So I watched it as a grown up in it. Like, oh, okay. you know what I mean? So I don't have no nostalgia glasses to it. Um, mm. I've always known about Ghostbusters. I watched some of the, uh, the animated, the cartoon one, but I never like, you know, had watched it. Um, so I'm coming from that place. Um, okay. I had a lot of fun with it. I'll give it a, a solid free piece. Um, it just, it, again, it just didn't really do nothing for me per se, innit? Um, mm. It was a cool little movie. I don't know why I was, why I was watching it. I didn't think they gave Paul Rudd enough to do. Um, mm. I guess he was meant to be like a, a secondary or even tertiary character. Um, mm. Yeah, again, like, again, I don't really have much to say on it other than I, I did, I had fun with it. It was a good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot better than I did the one with the, the female reboot, which, um, I wouldn't say it annoyed me, but like, I was like, 
because in this one in the sense yeah the little girl is the lead character in it like mm. so and you know they had the brother they had the the girl that worked in that like little cafe place like mm. so for the most part you had a female led kind of team and it worked i like i like podcast like i feel like yeah. that kid's gonna go on to do uh, hopefully go on to do um, some better movies uh, and do you know more things where he's gonna grow and develop and become a, like a a leading man and doesn't turn into one of those um, Hollywood stars that like dies of drugs like very early on. Um, mm. Yeah, no, again, like it, it was fine. Like it was, not, it was not more than fine. It was good. In it. it was entertaining. Um, I did like how they brought back the original Ghostbusters at the end. I thought that was pretty cool. I liked mm. um, the little remote car um, that they used. Um, that was cool yeah. yeah again I thought again all the all, all, all the jokes that I heard and landed for me I don't know about for you but all the jokes landed for me um, mm. yeah I thought it was, it was good enough what, what was your opinions then? what was your rating so yeah my um, rating is a three piece a three piece yeah um, so for me again I really enjoyed it um, I am a big Ghostbusters fan I used to love them when I was younger used to watch the real Ghostbusters cartoon as well um and even going back and watching it as an adult i feel like the first one uh again because i have the nostalgia goggles i feel like i'm more forgiving of it like it maybe isn't if i'm being honest it may be is a bit dated now Mm -hmm. like i i wouldn't expect to show that to the kids of today's generation and expect them to enjoy it as much as i did but for its time, it was close to a perfect movie, in my opinion. Like, the original gets a whole chicken. Um, it's 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 funny, witty humour. Do you know what I mean? It's not ridiculous, over-the-top humour, which is what the the remake of the, the female Ghostbusters was. It, was. it was like the Ghostbusters were like a a surreal team within a real world situation. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the rest of the world wasn't funny. It was just a normal world. It felt, it felt like a real gritty world. Whereas the remake, everyone was funny. Do you know what I mean? Like every stupid character that turned up had a little joke to say. Whereas in this one, Ghostbusters Afterlife, they've gone back to how it was before. It's like a normal world. Not everyone has to be funny. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there was a scene at the beginning where the landlord turns up and wants his rent and there's no jokes. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if this, if this was in that, the, the female Ghostbusters, I feel like he would have had to have been funny as well. Do you know what I mean? And there would have had to have been jokes there. Whereas it, it, it wasn't, it was played straight. Do you know what I mean? Like it was developing these characters that we're going to get to know. Uh, and I appreciated that. And then it made, the funny characters even funnier because they stood out against this normal background. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if everyone's funny, no one is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, my only bad thing to say about it is that it, um, it recycled a lot from the first Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing I can say none of the other Ghostbusters properties did. Uh, including that remake with the, with the all-female cast. So Ghostbusters 2 is considered not as good as the first one. And it, a lot of people say it's like a rehash of the first one, but it, it is, but it isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
they don't take anything directly from Ghostbusters one. Like the the Hellhound, like the dogs aren't there. Uh, Zool's not there. Um, there's nothing about like the Stay Puft Marshmallow isn't in Ghostbusters two. Do you know what I mean? It's all new ideas. It, it follows the same beats. Like there's even like a giant like in in the first one you have the giant Stay Puft Marshmallow. In the second one, it's the Statue of Liberty that they they animate and get to walk through New York. Mm-hmm. So it it hits the same beats, but they're all new ideas, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it might not hit the same beats. Like it's got it's a unique location. We're not in New York anymore. We're in like this town and like this farmland, which is which makes it instantly recognizable as as this movie. Do you know what I mean? Which is good visually that it, it makes it stand out against the rest but in terms of the the ideas and the actual story everything is recycled from the first one you know what i mean you have the dogs you have um um Zool, you have um even the, the stay puff marshmallows return they're not it's not a giant one it's all those little tiny ones which in my opinion they were pointless they didn't they served no purpose they were just like these cute little like minion things. Do you know what I mean? Like I felt like they just wanted them to be the new minions. Mm. Um, I didn't see the point of them. Um, I'm just going through my notes quickly. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I did like, whenever they did new stuff, mm-hmm. I liked it. So in the opening scene, you have um, Egon like running back to his farm or whatever with with one of the traps and like behind him you see like this smoke start to like creep in and creep a lot that was really cool like i thought that was eerie it was it was different hadn't been done before and with ghostbusters there's no rules like everything's just random like you can be a ghost you can be a human ghost or you can be like slimer and be this weird green blob or you can be like a zombie or a skeleton like there didn't seem to be any rules. It was just what it was. So having this smoke creep in, I thought was cool. Um, but then, like I said, then they they instantly refer to something from the first one. When the hands pop out of the chair and start grabbing him up, that's from the first one. Do you know what I mean? And that and and everything from there just seemed to be like like fan service. Do you know what I mean? Which I'm not. I don't have a problem with, but I feel like considering that even the female Ghostbusters movie that everyone considers to be the worst pile of shit in the world, even that tried to do new things. It didn't just recycle old stuff. So that is one bit of a down, notch down for me for this movie is that it it recycled a lot. It didn't really try to come up with anything new. And even the stuff that it did recycle, it didn't take it further. It didn't do anything new with it. It just did the same thing that the first movie did with it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So that to me was a bit disappointing. But um, apart from that, I like the, the use of the soundtrack, obviously having the original soundtrack back, even though I just cussed it for recycling, <laughs> but the soundtrack really um, helped, really added to it. I love the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing about, cause obviously um, Harold Ramis, who play? I think that was his name. Who played Egon uh, has died. The actor died um, a while ago. Mm-hmm. So it was always like, how can they make a Ghostbusters movie if all four of them can't be there? Like, what? Well, but 
in a clever way, his character was actually more present in this movie than any of the other Ghostbusters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he was the he ghost was there. doing stuff. Exactly. Like, the whole thing, like, when you see the chess pieces start moving, I knew straight away, I was like, that's that's Egon. That's Egon's ghost is here. Like, that's sick. And even that, that's a new thing that, they, that they're doing. Like, and, and so I, I like that. <clears throat> and obviously, um, like, I don't know if we've said spoilers, but I'm going to say spoilers now quickly. Mm. But that that ending where all three Ghostbusters turn up mm. and then uh, you have like basically like the father-son Kamehameha moment where um, Egon's granddaughter is like shooting the, the Ghostbusters gun and then like you see the ghost of Egon is there with her like holding it and mm. like that was really touching. That, that really did, I, I really thought that was very well handled. It was a fitting tribute to the character and the actor. Uh, and yeah, it, it was, it was really nice. It was yeah. done really nice. I, I liked it. Um, couple more points and then I'm done on this, but I feel like everyone in this universe should know about ghosts. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact that everyone's like, oh, ghosts, they're not real. And, and no one even knows who the Ghostbusters are. Like, we remember Ghostbusters and it was a movie. Yeah. If that shit actually happened, like, there'd be a national day about it. Do you know what I mean? There'd be yep. a bank holiday based on that shit. Yeah, like, it would be taught in schools. Like, it would be taught in schools, bro. Have, do you know what I mean? They would have <laughs> other branches of Ghostbusters. Like, it wouldn't just be them and that's it. They would have yeah. had to branch out and do other stuff. It would definitely, it would definitely be developed, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Statue of Liberty walked through New York. People yeah. would remember that shit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And then, like, there was one point where um, she says something like, oh, it happened 20 years before I was born. Like, how am I meant to know about it? And it's like, well, like you said, if it's not taught, it shouldn't be taught in school or the news would be out there. Like, 9-11 happened before a lot of people were born. Yeah. And the kids know about that shit world war one and two like do you know what mm. i mean shit happens before we're born and we know about it especially yeah. when it's something big like that and the 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 proof like having the existence of ghosts and spirits be proven that's a big fucking deal like that 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 would change science textbooks that would change religion do you know what i mean yeah. it would have a big fucking effect on the world mm -hmm. so for them to be like I don't know what you're talking about. What? Ghosts? I don't believe in that. And it's like, mate, they're real. Like, we saw them. We all saw them. Like, do you know what I mean? So that that was a bit weird for me. Um, and then uh, um, Paul Rudd says something about um, his character says something like, ah, oh, there hasn't been a ghost sighting in, in 30 years. And it's like, well, so basically you're saying since the ghost, since the last Ghostbusters movie, there's been no ghosts. There's been no ghosts. That's yeah. why their knowledge has died down and no one knows about them. But bro, again, like I said, we don't even live in a world where the Ghostbusters really exist and ghosts have been proven. But if you go on YouTube, you can find an inf infinite amount of ghost sighting videos, even if they're fake, to state that there has not been a single ghost sighting in 30 years. Sounds dumb because... Do they not have World's Most Haunted, sh like that show and shit? Do they not have YouTube? I'm pretty sure they do because they used YouTube to look at old footage from the first Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. But do you get what I'm saying? Like there are ghost sightings 
every day, even if they're fake. Like there are people claiming there are ghost sightings. So that again, that was just a bit like, okay, you're you're trying to up the stakes, but it's a bit stupid to say there's not been a single ghost sighting in thirty years. Yeah. When, like I said, like Ghostbusters ain't even real, and I can find you twenty ghost sightings from last week. You know what I mean? But and yeah, apart from that, I don't know. I, I like the film. Again, similar to Cowboy Bebop, I think it. I've got this unachievable, unachievably high standard in my head that this movie wasn't going to achieve. I wanted it to. I thought it was going to, but I feel like it relied too heavily on fan service. And oh, do you remember this? Do you remember this from the thing? And it's like it was like damage control after mm. the last Ghostbusters movie, but I think they went too far in the other direction. And weirdly enough, I never thought I would ever give Ghostbusters or that the, the female one any type of praise. But I will say that it was original. It was all original stuff. Like, And if you could combine that movie's originality with this movie's kind of respect for the original Ghostbusters movies, mm-hmm. then I think we would have a perfect Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. But unfortunately these both exist and neither of them live up to the original. So for me, this one gets a half chicken as well. It was good. I enjoyed it, but it, I don't think I'm going to remember this in the future, the way I remembered the original. Like I'm not, I'm not going to come back to it. Like, Oh yeah, this was a classic. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it exists and it is a nice kind of cherry on the top. It's more like, uh, what's it called? Not a, is it a prologue or epilogue? What's the one that comes at the end? Uh, I want to say epilogue. Epilogue. It's more like an epilogue to the Ghostbusters franchise. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, it's not fully its own story, but it kind of like just nicely sees off the the Ghostbusters mm. and gives us kind of closure in a way that we never we never got. Yeah. Um, and there's post credit scenes. Did you see the post credit scenes? Oh, um. I remember the one of the electrocution. Was that the only one? There was two. So yeah, there was that one, which again was a callback to the original. Uh, in the original, it was um, it was Peter that was doing that to his students. So now it's being done to him. It's like ah oh, oh, yeah, now you're getting it. Uh, so and it was that and Sigourney Weaver. You have Sigourney Weaver and you don't use her. You just put her in the post credit scene, like. When the credits were coming up and I saw Sigourney Weaver's name, I was like, she wasn't in the film. Why are they lying? And then the post-credits happened and I was like, was that it? Wait, was she not not the receptionist? No. Sigourney Weaver, again, was in the original Ghostbusters movie. She was the one in that post-credit scene that was testing him with the cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But who was she in the original? In the original, she was... um, she was like one of the Ghostbusters' first clients. She got possessed by one of the devil dogs and she ends up with Bill Murray's character. She's in the second one as well. She has a baby who gets kidnapped and the whole thing about that. So she's a big, important character. And they didn't include her in the movie at all. They just put her in that little post credit scene. I thought it was a waste. It was a waste, to be honest. Um, the, the woman who, the receptionist woman, yeah, she's the one she's She's even in the movie. She sees them when they first move into the farm, yeah, isn't okay, it? Okay, yeah, yeah. And I would have thought that she would have ended up with Egon because I'm pretty sure in the first Ghostbusters movie, 
her and Egon kind of have a thing. But then I can't remember if in the second movie she ends up with the other guy. Uh, anyway, I can't remember. I'm not going to get into it. But there, there's another post-credit scene which kind of hints at uh, the franchise continuing. Uh, you have Winston, um, the the black guy. Yeah. He goes back to the original like fire, um, the the firehouse, the firefighter. HQ that they bought and that became the Ghostbusters base. Okay, he's back it. there. He brings the ex- he brings the ex- huh? I you did see it. it. I didn't see this one. Oh, you didn't? No. So yeah, so he's just walking back through it like reminiscing. Uh and then the receptionist lady walks in and she's like, Oh yeah, do you know what I mean, good times or whatever. And then they bring the Ecto One car in. And so it's like they're they're gonna restart the the brand, you know what I mean? Like they're gonna get back in action now. They're back at the base. They've got their car again. So it was kind of hinting that they were gonna keep going. Okay. You know what I mean? And there may be yeah. future future movies with maybe with, with this cast could be good. You know what I mean? I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind another one with these guys. But um, yeah, I, I think just let the franchise rest now. It's been through enough. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Let's not. Let's not turn this into Terminator, do you know what I mean? Or Predator or Alien or, you know what I mean? Every franchise that I love from the 80s has just been stretched and abused and like, oh, it's just disgusting what Hollywood does to people, man. Like, it just uses them and spits them out. All right, cool. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. uh, King Richard is a biographical drama directed by Rolindo Marcus Green and written by Zach Balin and follows the life of Richard Williams, the father and coach of fave tennis players, Venus and Serena Williams, who serve as executive producers on the film. It stars Will Smith in the, in playing the dad, Angela mm. Ellis, Serena Sidney, Demi Singleton, Tony Golden, and John Burfall. I absolutely had a blast with this movie. It was yeah. so much fun in the cinema. Like everyone <laughs> nice. was laughing at the same sports. Um, it was like a feel good movie. I learned a lot about the Williams and the dad that I didn't realize. Um, mm. like he was basically such a in big part of their success in a sense. Um, yeah. it kind of, I still feel, still find it still a little bit weird that, you know, it, he was the focus on the bike on, on it, on, on yeah. the movie, but it worked in it. And one thing that I'll say is that the two girls that play Serena Venus Williams, <laughs> Like yeah. acting as them is 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 hard enough in it, and like you know, I thought it was a very good casting, yeah. But mm. to play tennis like them, like the shots that they were making, yeah, like these girls must have had to spend like a good solid six months learning tennis. Like, <laughs> all the shots they were making were on point. Um, yeah. When me and Dog, because I went and watched it with Dog, she went to see it. When we went back, when we got home, we started to like. Del likes to like when it's based on a true story, like delve into it and start watching. And you know, the interviews that they had, they replicated the interviews spot on, like the dad's mannerisms, like everything was just sick, man. Like, this is definitely whole chicken. And you know, I would definitely re- highly recommend people go check this out. Yeah, whole it, chicken. Yeah, man, it's a fun movie, man. Like, it's obviously serious, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's like little jokes and little moments in it that make you... And, and John Burnfall as, like, the tennis coach's jokes as well, man. Mm. It, it's really well done, man. Mm. Okay, yeah. No, I do want to see it. 
I don't want to see it. I don't know much about their history, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, neither did I, so that was nice to see that. I think mm. once you've watched it, it'll make sense to you why the focus was on the dad in it. Yeah, it's justified, right? There's a reason. It is, it is just, it's still a bit odd, but it's justified. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, a couple of the, you talked about these in the last episode. I watched the Disney Plus anniversary with The Simpsons. It was funny, it was cool, it was nice and short. I'll give it a, a, a nice little free piece. Mm. Um, I wasn't as big as a fan of um, Luca. I think I want to. I want to say I gave it a free piece, maybe. I think it was all right. I can't remember exactly. Mm. Um, but I don't think I've seen that. Still, you still haven't seen that. I haven't seen the last couple of Pixar movies. I haven't seen. I said I haven't seen Onwards. Yeah, Onwards was all right. Onwards was okay. Mm. Um, the child, but it was again. I'll give it about a half chicken. It was, you know, a little short. Wasn't the funniest thing in the world, but it was all right. Oh, oh, you watched it, Child Alberta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, I, I, yeah, I didn't, I haven't seen it because apparently you... it's like a continuation of the movie. Like one of the characters, like it's like what they go on to do next or something. Yeah, so I didn't know if I had to have seen the movie. To, to get, get it, to, to kind of or, get it and make it find it funny, you would have had to kind of like see the movie, or it wouldn't have gone over as well. Yeah, to relate to the two characters that it kind of focus on. Yeah, I, I assume so. I with with something as short as that, it, it it's gonna be highly based off like character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're gonna find the humor in the character, like how he reacts and knowing like, oh yeah. You know, as the, that's him, and it's like without, like you said, without the knowledge of the character, mm. I probably wouldn't have appreciated it as much. So I'll get to it after I. I do love Pixar, so I want to catch up on their movies. I still haven't even seen The Good Dinosaur. Like I'm well. Behind I still haven't seen that one actually, and that's huh? meant to be amazing. The, the Good, Good Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one, and that's meant to be like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. mean Pixar's a good brand. They're like the they're like the Marvel of the animated world. Do you know what mm. I mean? But yeah, I don't know. I need to yeah, I need to catch up on that stuff. Anyway. Yeah, uh, and I also yeah. watched the Olaf presents. Um, I actually quite enjoyed them. I'll give them a free piece. I'll give you a free piece. I okay. thought it was quite funny. I would like them to do. Didn't you? Didn't you find his singing voice annoying? No, no. I, I, I maybe because you warned me about it, but like I thought it added, <laughs> it added to the like the taking of Mick out of yeah do you know what i mean uh, yeah i i i get it and i appreciate it for that but just i don't know just the actual sound itself to me was like nails on a chalkboard do you know what i mean like it was it was irritating <laughs> mm. so boy I, I i liked it and I, I look forward to them doing some more because yeah. it, it was entertaining um tiger king season two well, oh shit! A year ago, it was it was last year that that literally Tiger King one dropped, or was it two years ago? Uh, I want to say it, it was like literally like, like, a year and a couple of months ago. It was like March twenty twenty or April twenty twenty. It was like the beginning of lockdown. Maybe yeah, and that's kind of what that. like got everyone suckered in. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I missed the initial wave of Tiger King. Like, I didn't watch it, and so I was confused. Not confused, but when I watched it, I was just like, I don't understand 
the hate for Carol Baskins. Like, I, could, <laughs> I didn't get it. I was watching it and I was like, it's not her fault though. She, she didn't do anything. And the whole meme about, oh, fucking Carol Baskins. Carol and that, fucking like, Baskin. I didn't get the joke. Like, I thought people were being serious. Like, she actually did that shit. But when I watched it, I was like, okay, so people must have been joking, right? Like, that must have just been banter. She like, threw her husband, blame. man. She, she threw her husband to the Tigers. Well, <laughs> after watching season two, do you know what I mean? Season two kind of became the, the Carol Baskin show, bro. Have you, did you finish it? Have you finished it? Yeah, yeah I finished it. I finished it. I finished it. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, like the majority of that, Joe Exotic ain't even in it. Didn't you think? Like a lot of it was was uh, about Carol Baskins and the mystery of her husband and yeah. the reception to the first season of, of Tiger King and stuff like that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, to me, it wasn't as as good as the first season, because mm. I feel like the story was told, yeah. this was kind of just delving deeper into it. And again, it was just like an epilogue to the first season. Yeah, you, you, but, it's very hard to catch lightning in a bottle twice. But I'm not going to lie yeah. though, yeah. <laughs> I did really enjoy it. I'll give this a solid free piece. Like, I, I, like it wasn't good. But again, I just couldn't stop <laughs> watching. Like, once I pressed play, that was it. Like, literally, yeah. it, it, each episode just had to finish before. Yeah. And then if I didn't, fi- like, if I didn't go into the next episode straight away, which I think like there's only the first two that I watched and I watched the last three, like yeah. as it was going on, I was just like, I need to know more. Like, I, just, yeah, I, I couldn't stop watching it. Me and Rebecca, we both watched it. And it, again, we just, we couldn't stop. We binged it in a couple of days. And even at the end of the la- the final episode, when it like is you know like at the end of documentaries they they show you like the text of yeah, what yeah, yeah. happened. When that started coming up, I was like, "Is this done?" Yeah, yeah. I was like, "How's this five episodes?" I want to see him get out. Like I thought, I thought that's where we was leading. Like, like, how- I fully, I fully believed he was getting out and we was gonna see it, but nah. Yeah, how many episodes of the first season? I feel like it was more. I feel like it was more than this because. Uh, okay, so season one was seven episodes with a bonus eight episodes, eight, eight episode, and then season yeah. two was five episodes. No, oh, there you go, yeah. Man. I thought it felt a lot shorter, man. Yeah, it did. But again, like, seeing but, these crazy characters and stuff, and like, just, yeah. seeing, just seeing how messed up America is, man, like, <laughs> like, when you legit think about it, is how, how was the guy that was meant to kill the woman not in prison, but the guy that planned yeah. the, Plan the murder. I'd hire him for it. Was yeah, it it doesn't make sense. sense. America's just a mess. Look at the whole. Is it Kyle Rittner? That guy killed three people self defense, and the judges found him not guilty because (laughs) it was deemed self defense when clearly it wasn't. Like I don't, I, I, I just don't understand American law, man. America's just a confusing place, man. Well, in America. It's not what you know. It's not what happened. It's what you can prove. Mm, you know what I mean? Well, I remember what film that was from, but that line has stuck with me, man. Boy, it's, it's, not, it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. Is is very wild, isn't it? Like, yeah. There was one moment, yeah, that had me and Rebecca cracking up, and it was um, the family of uh, Carol Baskin's uh, ex-husband, the one that she supposedly killed. Oh, done. Dumb. Yeah, because obviously there, there was like speculation that he just, he faked his death and ran away mm. and 
like was doing all this dodgy stuff himself. And um, they hired some YouTube guy. Oh, the Christian-like psychic. Yeah. The, no, no, not the psychic. That was funny, actually. That When he was crying and he was like, oh, he died here. This is where it happened. And the, yeah. that made me laugh. But no, I'm talking about the other guy. The other guy that was like, he was like a YouTuber oh, Ripper, or a, pod, a podcaster or something. Yeah. Jack. Yeah, the Ripper. The yeah. Ripper guy. And, um, and <laughs> they was, the family was like, yeah, we fired the lawyer because he's just looking for his own fame. He's not really doing it for the right reasons. So we are going to stick with this YouTube guy, Ripper, because he's really dedicated it to it. <laughs> and then, and then it cut to him and it was like, it was showing him his investigation. Yeah. But it was so dumb because it, it was like something out of a comedy skit. Because he was holding like a newspaper article and it had a picture of a tiger in it. And then he was holding this photograph of a tiger as well. And he was like comparing the two photos like, is this the same guy? Is it him? Could he have done it? Like like he was had become the prime suspect. And it was like a fucking tiger. And it was like, how are you comparing these two photos together? Like what what part of the investigation is this? What what? <laughs> What are you proving here? It's the same tiger. Well, I don't get it. Like, even if that was the tiger that ate him, surely he's dead by now. If it's been thirty years or whatever, how long do tigers live? Surely he's dead. No idea. But anyway, I don't know. That made me laugh. And and also, if the lawyer's in for it for his own gain, surely the YouTuber is as well. Like he's made a career solely off of your case. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know, man. I didn't get that. But yeah, like you said. It, it wasn't as good, but it was just as entertaining. It was yeah. just as as gripping. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just crazy, like all the cats and stuff, and like how Jeff Lowe is not in prison. Like I don't oh, understand. Yeah. Like even if not for the 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 uh, murder for hire, just the other general nonsense that he's done. Yeah, just sounds mad. Even just the conditions that they had the animals in was was bad, man. And I like that in the end they brought it back to the tigers. Like they brought the focus back to the tigers because yeah. after all that madness with the humans going on, the fact that those tigers and all the animals got rescued in the end mm. and taken to an actual like big open sanctuary and you see them running around and they're like, some of these tigers have never ran in their life because they've been so confined. Yeah. So, and then you see the tigers I come think, out of the cage and I think that was one running. of the, I think that was one of the criticisms of season one is that they never really focused on the animals afterwards. It was never like, oh, if you want to yeah. help the animals, like donate to this, that, and the other. Yeah. So it was nice to see that. It was, didn't it? It was actually really nice to see that at least the animals had a happy ending. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that was nice. It was a nice way to end it. But I'm not going to lie yeah. I can't wait to see what happens when Joe Exotic comes out of prison. Like, surely they've got to give his own reality TV show just for a couple of weeks. I want to see, yeah, <laughs> if Joe Exotic gets out, I want to see a, like, Flavor of Love style show with Joe Exotic. But, like, obviously, I keep, do you know what, do you know what, yeah, there, there's so much going on with Joe Exotic, I forget some things. Like, the fact that he's gay. I keep forgetting he's <laughs> gay. I keep forgetting that he makes his own songs and he's a, he's a country singer. Like, there's so many things on his CV that it's like, and they're all so random that I forget some of them. But no, I, I'd like to see like, a, you know, like The Bachelor or those type of shows. Yeah. Where it's like one guy and then he's got like a house full of people that are 
fighting to to be with him. Mm-hmm. I think I think that with Joe Exotic would be fucking jokes, bro. Like yeah. a show like that, like a Love Island kind of show, but for Joe <laughs> Exotic, mm. <laughs> that'd be funny. Some kind of reality show. He needs his own show. Yeah, what he calls that, he definitely needs his own But show. then that's the thing, though. Like, you don't want to reward these fucking, like, these are horrible I, people. I know, you know what but, I mean? like, at the same time, I, I need that show. Like, even yeah. if it's, like, two episodes, an hour long, I need I need to see what a day in the life of Joe Exotic after Christmas <laughs> is. Like, what does he do? Like, what kind like, who is going to be his next boyfriend? Like, I, <laughs> I kind of need to see it. And I know oh, yeah. it's garbage TV, but I can't help it. Oh, yeah. No, it would definitely be garbage TV, but I'll, I'll love it as well. Yeah. Oh, just as much. Mm. All right, did you happen to see The Harder They Fall? Yes, I saw that. Okay. Um, what did you think of it? Right, before, uh, before, I, before I actually... Uh, the Harder They Fall, uh, directed by James Samuel. Um, this film is a cowboy movie featuring black cowboys. Um, yeah. It stars Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Zazie Beats, Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, RJ Clack, Clack, Siler, Daniel Deadwhiter, Idi Gafigi, and Dion Cole. Um, and probably one of the only westerns that I've ever seen that features a predominantly black cast. Um mm. This was friggin' f- anyway, anyway. Let me. I'm gonna let you go first, but this was fun for me. Yeah, I I really liked it as well. I yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, I didn't realize when when I saw the the credits coming up. Uh, one of the producers was Sean Carter. Obviously, it was Jay Z. So Jay Z was one of the producers on this, which is really cool. Uh, the director James Samuel. This was his uh, debut movie. Um, he is a British uh, musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously maybe that's how he got the connections with Jay-Z but yeah this is his first movie so for, for your debut movie I think this is really good um, as it says at the beginning it's a fictitious story but based on real people mm-hmm. um, th- that's, this is what I meant when I said to you that because when you watched um, Eternals you was like oh I feel like a hypocrite because I usually don't like gender swapping and race swapping but mm. I like this particular character mm. So I was like, boy, wait till you watch Harder They Fall because these are, like it says, they're all based on real people and the majority, if not all of them, were white. Yeah. So they've got these black actors to portray these real white people. I think in this situation it's a little bit different because it's like a black-led film kind of thing. Like, it's it's done on purpose, isn't it? I'm talking about, like, when you're trying to... I was going to say historically correct because that's not the case in comic book movies, but, like, you know when you're, like, I, I don't even know. Like, in this one, it I just made say, sense. I, I wanted to see your opinion on it as well, because you also say, like, you hate it when there's, like, a period piece and it has, like, like certain races or certain people yeah. in there purely for diversity. Do you know what? I felt Whereas like... If you look at the true history, they mm, wouldn't have been there. You know I felt I mean? like this was, like, the whiz. Okay. Yeah, that like, is the perfect way to describe it. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, yeah. that's, what, that's what I took this film as, isn't it? Like I took that it as perfect, the, I took yeah. it as the whiz in it. I took it as black cow. It black. even was almost a musical. Didn't you think there was a bit too many times? There was bear singing. Oh my <laughs> days! Like, and the thing is, I don't mind a musical. Yeah, but this ain't a musical. Why is everyone yeah. singing? And I liked I liked the soundtrack. The the uh, well, okay, I liked the soundtrack. I felt it it suited, especially the reggae. When they yeah. dropped reggae, 
I felt like that really suited this cowboy, like the the visuals. Mm -hmm. But I did have a problem with the hip hop because I felt like even though this movie was really good at, it, it was like a black movie that never really addressed that they were black. If that makes sense, they just were cowboys. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like why why make a deal that were black? Like it, it came up occasionally. I think there was only two incidences in the whole movie where they brought up race and that was one where they went to the white town where yeah. literally not only were all the people were white the buildings were white like yeah, everything yeah. was fucking white uh but even then when they was there the people that feared them i never got the sense that they feared them because they were black they feared them because they were outlaws do you know what i mean and they were cowboys i don't know i think initially the look everyone's giving them was like why are these niggas in our town like, yeah that, that was but, even though no one said it that was the look That's I the got. Point. No one said it was. It was ambiguous. Yeah, you could read it at that, mm. but you could also read it as their their outlaws. You know what I mean, it wasn't like directly addressed. Um, I think the only other time I wrote it down, but I can't find it right now. Is when Regina um, King killed that guy when he was about to call her a nigger, and he said, "Oh, he could have called you nincompoop." Could have said nincompoop, yeah. And she's like, "Well, I ain't a nincompoop either." Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But yeah, so I I, I, rec I I give it ratings for that for for not addressing it, which would have been very easy mm. in this era. Do you know what I mean? To do something like that, like they could have made it like a Django Unchained, or it could have ended up being something like that. Mm. So I, I I rate them for not for not doing that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked it. I love Idris Elba. His introduction uh, as Rufus Buck, uh, he's really intimidating and ruthless. Um, I love the backstory that they set up and how it's revealed at the end. Uh, yeah, again, see, so spoilers. See, right, but, spoilers, yeah. I, it didn't really have much impact on me. Like, it mm. wasn't like, oh, holy crap, I can't believe they pulled that situation. It was just like, oh, okay, cool, in it? Like, kill this fucker anyway. Like, mm. it, it, yeah, it, it did nothing get, for me. I get what you're saying. It, it wasn't like the biggest, like, like mind fuck but i feel like it was enough to add to uh the character of rufus buck of idris alba's character because you've seen him be ruthless you've seen him do all this stuff but at times he does it like in a way like thanos from avengers he does it with a bit of like is it remorse like there's a time where he 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 knows he's gonna have to get violent now, mm. and you see him kind of be like, "Oh, fuck, okay, I guess I have to do it." Like, mm. like he doesn't want to, but he has to. So when it gets revealed that uh, Jonathan Major's character um, Nat Love, when because obviously he was the one who Rufus Butt killed his parents and yeah. scarred him. So when it gets revealed that it was Rufus Buck's father as well, but he just never had the same upbringing as him he, to him he saw his dad as something completely different mm. and w like that connection when you realize that i was like okay like again it doesn't make him sympathetic but it kind of adds a bit of empathy for him yeah nah it, it, it didn't do that for me man and, no? and and the moment you started telling the story i was like he's gonna be related like i didn't i didn't know that he was gonna yeah. be brothers but the moment you started telling the story i was like He's gonna be psyched. I was like, maybe that was like they kidnapped his son or something, yeah. or, 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 or some some weird kind of bullshit. But when they went with the bro the half brother, I was like, okay, cool. And mm. like, it didn't really shock me or maybe feel like, oh, I didn't figure that out. I was like, there's something more 
dare to it. Um, mm. So again, another reason. Huh? No, no, sorry, sorry. So again, I, I, it, no, it, no, it never made me be like, oh my gosh, that's a shock. Like, I was just like, there's something weird going on here. There's a relationship here that we, we is a bit more than just revenge, isn't it? So, because yeah. you, you know me, if, if, if the, even though it was a twist, if that twist had hit me in a certain way, this would have got a whole chicken because I love it when I can't figure something out. Like, mm. literally, if I, if they, if a movie does something that I haven't figured out, like, a good 30 to an hour before they reveal it to me, like, it gets bumped up a grade to, in my eyes, isn't it? And mm. this one I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, right, is where it is kind of figuring it. Like, it just really didn't do nothing for me. So, but I'm gonna give us a solid three piece, man. I had a lot of fun of it. Uh, for the music was really good. Um, mm. The thing about the music as well, again, like, like I said, I don't, I don't like when they anything that has a black cast just gets hip hop. It's a hip hop soundtrack. Yeah. Doesn't matter whether it's Spider Man, whether it's Black Panther, whether it's Will Smith as the genie in a lad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's always hip hop. You're in it. You have the hip hop soundtrack. So the fact that this cowboy movie had a hip hop soundtrack. It was a bit, it didn't bother me, but it was like, uh, again, Jeremy, here we go. So when the reggae, if it just had the reggae soundtrack, it would have been sick. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought like, I felt like that really suited the, 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 the time period and what we were seeing. It just, something just gelled really well. But the hip hop, I thought was a bit too played oh, out. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas when there was like, um, so you've got diegetic and non-diegetic music. One is like soundtrack or score, so what the audience can hear, but the characters can't. But when there's music within the world, like when they was in like the saloon or something mm. and someone was singing, that was all appropriate to the era. Yeah. Which, again, I appreciated that. I thought, okay, at least she didn't come out and start rapping or something. <laughs> so, I, mean, <laughs> I thought that was cool. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Majors, is a really good actor. I thought he was really likable. Yep. Even though he was a bad person, like he wasn't, he didn't really have any redeemable features, but he was just so charismatic and likable that you just fucking like him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he literally juggles someone with bullets in his opening scene. Like he busts some Tekken moves or something and juggles that guy with his bullets. That, mm. that was fucking funny to me, but it just, it, just increased my anticipation to see him as Kang. I really can't wait. Yeah. Uh, Zazie Beats was good. Um, I thought she was good. Everyone was good. Regina King was really good. What's his name? Lakeith Stanford. Oh, I, listen, you know what? Yeah, I knew. For the snakiness that he did, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I nearly gave the movie a whole chicken. Yeah, he was I, my favorite character. I, yeah, he was He was mine as well. And, and like, <laughs> his voice just suited the role. Like, yeah. He was like the lazy he was bad well spoken. Yeah, he was the lazy bad guy. He was the bad guy that always made like made it out like he was a true gentleman, you know, it was nice to everyone. <coughs> but then he'll stab you in the back. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, what was you saying? Um yeah, I, I he was like the 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 cool the, the not the cool villain, the good villain where like you know you expect him to like not hit ladies and you know yeah you know, fight honorably. But actually, no, he's the biggest scum of them all. Like, he, you know, he yeah. shoots people in the back. He, he cheats the count. Like, he doesn't care. And he, and he killed, like, two of the, like, the, the main good, well, not good characters, but 
he killed the sharpshooter guy and then he killed the, the sniper mm. guy. And I was just like, no, yeah. that is peak. Like, and yeah. I like, I like how it built up this rivalry between him and, um, can't remember his name, but one of the, one of the good guys, uh, of like, who's actually the fastest on the draw. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when it came to it, he, he snaked, like he, he cheated. Do you know what I mean? He shot before the count, before the countdown. Mm. And then with the, um, with the, the sharpshooter guy, the, the sniper guy or whatever, I think he like snake, like shot him in the back or something like that. Shot him, snaked him from behind. So that when it came down to, uh, who was left? I think it was the, that, that female that, that killed him in the end. And she said something like, oh, what are you going to do? Are you, are you going to, are you going to shoot me in the back or are you going to cheat the count or something like that? So it's like all your, this whole legend about you being the fastest and it's just bullshit. You're not the fastest. You just cheat. Do you know what I mean? You shoot before the count's done or you'll shoot them in the back or stuff like that. And she, so she finally, she's like, nah, we're going to do this right now. We're going to do a quick draw. And she beats him. She's faster than him. And she even says, Nah, he he was even faster than me. Do you know what I mean? The guy that you snaked was was even faster than me. Yeah. So that recognition I thought was was cool as well. Um, but yeah, man. No, I thought it was really you know good. What? The cinematography Sorry, it, was good. In saying like, obviously, I don't have the exact everything here, but a lot of the characters were based on like Native American. Um, yeah. So, so they like, weren't like, they were like black. His name black. was Cherokee Bill. Yeah. So they were, you know, they weren't. Afro-American. Well, actually, um, ba- ba- Base Reese? Bars, Bars Reese was an American law enforcement officer. He was the first black deputy U.S. Marshal. So some of them oh, were, so some, of, so, so some of them were like based on black characters. Mm. Like Zazie Beat's character okay. was yeah. based on someone called Stagecoach Mary. So again, there were mm. some. Do you know what I mean? But, um, mm. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you what would you rate this? Because I gave this a free piece. What would you rate this? Yeah, no, I'd give this a free piece as well. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'd I'd be down to watch it again. Uh, I, I was just about to say uh, this will be my last point as well. But the the cinematography was really good. I like the way it was shot. So like on that scene where they're on the train and Cherokee Bill is talking to the police officers or the soldiers or whatever on the other side of the door yeah. and it's kind of like this split screen kind of thing I thought like that was really cool and then when they actually break Rufus out and he steps out of his chains and steps out of that the cage there's like a moment where he kind of like does like a deep breath and it's kind of got like a Neo from the Matrix kind of effect where like the surroundings kind of like do you know what I mean? Like kind of stretch out and curve around him while he tenses. And then when he breathes, it kind of relaxes. Do you know that scene that I'm talking about from the matrix? No. You know, at the end when they're in the corridor and Neo runs and jumps into the, the agent, yeah, into agent Smith and then explodes him. And then afterwards there's a moment where like, like Neo is kind of flexing yeah, and the walls of the corridor around him kind of bend yeah. and then ripple as he, do you know what I mean? They kind of had that same effect on Idris Elba's character when he first, when they broke him out of the 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 his his cell in on the train. Mm. As he walked out, he kind of did the same thing. He did like this 
kind of tense and then breathing and the the walls of the train you see kind of stretch and bend and then kind of release and ripple as he kind of breathes so I thought a lot of that little effects and stuff like that was cool kind of added to it the the style of the movie um but yeah I I, I liked it I'd give it a um a free piece as well mm, calm uh, I'm gonna save the next bit the next one till last um so opposites Christmas special um oh my days like this was fun and stupid but I cannot huh. believe on something on the Disney Plus channel they had an yeah. Epstein didn't kill himself joke in it. I, I, <laughs> I lost my shit. I had, to, I had to pause it. I had to take a picture of it. <clears throat> like, I think someone at Disney slipped that in without them knowing. Like, I'm pretty sure the execs yeah. did not, did not, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they cut that through, man. I mean, technically that's, that's like a, a Fox. Is it Fox or is it Hulu or something? I think so it's probably it's like, Hulu. But it's still under the Disney, like they still work for Disney. So, yeah, I don't know how they snuck that one through. Oh man. my days! But the episode in itself was a free piece. Like it was fun. I liked all the different movie references. Um, I used to love watching Jingle All the Way when I was a kid. Um, so that was yeah. see. Um Yeah, just so again. What, what I haven't, I, <coughs> I haven't actually seen this episode. I didn't have time to watch it. After I but, swear you'd already told me about it. Yeah, because I was looking through Disney Plus and then I saw in the section that says new releases, it said Solar Opposites. So I was like, what, have they made like a new series? Like, what's happened? What's new? Like, this finished time ago. And then I clicked on it and it was just one bonus, like, Christmas episode. And I I was going to watch it, but I never, I, I ran out of time. Do you know what I mean? I never got around to it. Mm. But yeah, so so what is it like? Is the episode based off Jingle All The Way or? Um, basically, like, to get into, like, the Christmas spirit, he's, devise this like Ready Player One kind of thing where you can go into a movie and they go into the ra- um, Jingle All The Way don't have a great like and then basically say that the movie's shit leave halfway through and it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it affects their life going forward um, and yeah it's a really fun episode man like definitely check it out alright yeah I'm gonna check it out no definitely check it out and let me know what you think of it alright so um I was going to say, have we missed anything? But we have, actually. We haven't talked about Red Notice. Yeah. I want to say Hawkeye to last. Um, Did you... um, Did you see Last Night in Soho? I thought I saw that on your list. No, I still haven't watched that yet. It's still on my list because I'm going to get to it at some point. Okay, all right. I plan to get to it at some point, but it might get skipped because there's a lot of shit coming out. (laughs) Hmm. It's worth it. I'd, I'd recommend it. Yeah, I will try because it was something I wanted to see it being a bit weird and different. Because, mm. I, like I said, I do prefer it when Hollywood does try new things or what yeah. appears to be new things to me. Um, I yeah. always give them give it a chance because I can't always bitch and moan about Hollywood never doing new things and when they do new things, not watch it. Uh. So I will try it and watch it. Um... Yeah, Red Notice. Um, how this was not, you know, a cinematic release, because I think this would have yeah. done bits if it was, you know, released to cinema. Um, it it may not be, like, the best movie in the world, but it was funny, the action was great. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. 
Um, the chemistry between Ryan Reynolds, uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson, and, um, oh, what's the game? Uh, Gal Gadot, uh, mm. was really cool to see. Uh, mm. Noon Booth is a, a horrible name for a person. It's one of the worst, uh, made up names that I think I've ever seen. Whose on, name was that? Um, Ryan Reynolds' character. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, um, it was one of the worst names I've ever seen. Um, I liked, you know, the twist at the end. Um, yeah, that was good. I did, I actually didn't see that coming. Yeah, neither neither did I. So again, mm-hmm. I really liked that. I liked, in a sense, the like the double twist at the end, where Ryan Reynolds' character like still, you know, gets out and gets you know, gets to work with them again in the future. I hope we get a sequel. Oh, yeah, I would love a sequel. Um, the action in this is great. The humor. And, like, sometimes Ryan Reynolds can be a bit too Deadpool-y in some of his characters, but I think he kept that at bay, in it? And it was just... Oh, more... I don't think so. I I just... Again, I can't see any movie with him in it without seeing Deadpool now. And even in this... But it's a shame because that's who he is. Yeah. Like, even before he played Deadpool... That's what he. That's who he was. Like, mm. if you look at way back, all the way back to um, two guys and a girl, that's how he was. Like, he was the pretty boy, sarcastic, funny, like tongue in cheek. <coughs> you know what I mean? That yeah. was him. He's always been like that. That's why he was perfect for Deadpool. But now, all I can see is Deadpool. Like, it's nuts. Oh man, I I I thought he stepped away a little bit enough for it to be not just watching Deadpool, Wonder Woman and um you know Black Jum- Adam. Black, no, no, I was not, we ain't seen him as Black Adam yet, so I was gonna say Jumanji because he was just basically the same guy in Jumanji in this. Um Well, I, I was gonna say I was gonna say I've got in my notes here, this is basically Deadpool versus Black Adam versus Wonder Woman. I would have kept it in <coughs> DC and said Green Lantern versus Black Adam versus Wonder Woman, but yeah. No, we we don't bring up that movie. So I still haven't seen that movie. Though I've never seen that don't, movie. Don't don't see it. Never see it. You don't need to. Um, but there was def- again like there was definitely a call out to Indiana Jones in this movie, like several oh, times. Yeah. Like there was the scene when they, you know, obviously it's, it's always the damn Nazis for one, and then when they opened up like the um, bunker, the way it was like revealed all the boxes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was quite Indiana then, Jones as well. And then what he was wearing as well was just like very um, Indiana Jones yeah. at the end there. Um, well, e- even in that whole scene, I was getting annoyed because I was like, it's been like 10 minutes now and we've established that they're heading for a Nazi base. And even when they was in it, I was like, how has no one made a, like, a fucking Nazis joke yet? Like, that has to happen. Whenever you bring up Nazis, someone has to cuss them and say fucked it and it didn't happen and I was like I was waiting for it and then oh of course you can rely on good old Reynolds and he said something like oh he's talking about the car and he's like oh it would have been fun to drive too bad it was driven by Nazi scum we're gonna have to burn it or something like that and I was mm. like oh, okay good they did it they they cussed the Nazis well I feel better now but yeah that's so that, that made me laugh but also them being in the jungle it's like it's like the rock has this jungle jungle clause that he puts in his contracts now where every movie he's in just in jungle yeah because you've, like, you've had Jumanji you've had um Jumanji uh, Rampage yep yeah. Jungle Cruise and there's Welcome to the Jungle there you go 
journey to the to the mysterious island like there's so many films and he's just in the jungle like i don't know like there's this he's got that star power now where he can just re- <coughs> put it in the contract like okay can we just have this scene in the jungle all right safe thank you yeah yeah I don't know. I liked it. I, f- I felt like the, like you said, the the chemistry between the three actors was good. Uh, the twist I didn't see coming. I feel like <clears throat> it it threw you off track just enough. Mm. Uh, but then when you look back at it, it kind of does make sense. Although one thing I would say kind of doesn't make sense once you know the twist, and it even does like a flashback to the moment. But when the rock um gets the egg off of Ryan Reynolds character the first egg yeah and then puts it into the back of the police car mm-hmm. and then obviously Gal Gadot is there dressed up as one of the the team she like as she then takes it back out the back yeah and then the rock kind of comes back round and kind of looks confused and looks around and she's hiding behind the side of the car yeah and then he kind of was about to go back, but then actually thinks, no, let me just check. And then looks around the corner and she's gone. Yeah. And I'm like, but then after this twist, if you're working together, why would you be confused? Like no one's there watching you. It's Everyone, to, it's, it's, it's just you. Acting, you don't have to act right now. No, huh? I, think, I think he's just acting in it. Yeah, but no one's watching you. Like you could have, you didn't even have to get her to put it in the back. You could have kissed her and said, yeah, we did it. Good luck. See you later, mate. And then she could have left with it. But they played out this whole thing. It's for the audience, isn't it? When no one's... Yeah, exactly. It's for the audience. But in the world, it doesn't make sense because no one's watching them. Well, he doesn't know that because remember, there's still a tactical team of SWAT around, isn't it? So he's just being thorough. Uh, Yeah, I guess you could say that. But I don't know. It was just a bit weird to me. But no, it was good, man. I like the prison break with with him and Reynolds and how Reynolds had all this stuff kind of set up even the brick wall that they piled up, he kind of set it up in a way where you just pull out this one brick and then they all it all tumbles. I thought all of that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it was it was it was nice. It was like a globe trotting action adventure heist movie. Um, it was really it was really cool. I liked the <laughs> I liked when they was in the um, the the like coliseum or whatever with the bull. Yeah, and Ryan Reynolds is like, "Stay still, they can't see you." <laughs> I saw it in a documentary, and he's like, "No, that's Jurassic Park." And he's like, he's no. like "No, it had Richard Attenborough," and he's like, "No, it had David Attenborough." <laughs> and it was, it was just funny, man. It cracked me up. He was like, "Okay, was Jeff Goldblum in it?" And he was like, "Fuck, he was in it. It was, it was Jurassic Park." <laughs> yeah, that, that made me laugh, man. That was so like, funny was and so dumb. Uh, yeah, I give us a whole chicken, man. Like this was. Again, I am so I don't know how Netflix managed to get this for Netflix. Yeah. Like That's mad. It, it seems like it would it would have done well with a theatrical release. Like this could have made Oh, this would have made again, non COVID world with them yeah. three in it, this would have made a billion. Yeah, hundred percent. You've got Reynolds and you've got uh The Rock and The Rock's in the jungle. Like that's a billion dollar movie right there. And it was uh, it it supposedly only had a budget of two hundred million. I think that's oh, yeah. pretty good for all the places that it went, the special effects. Yeah. Um, the movie was just under two hours as well. Like, hey, mm. if they had dropped this in cinema, yeah, this would have made money. In a non, non-COVID non world, this would have made bank. 
Like yeah. this, ugh, oh, this would have made so much money. Yeah, man, it would have, it would have done well, man. It would have done well. I mean, <laughs> we don't know how Netflix works, mm. like how they, how people get paid or what, like. But yeah, I don't know, man. Is is it it. it, it We'll probably do well on Netflix as well. Yeah, no, my definitely. only my my only problem with this movie, I'd I'd give this movie a free piece. Mm-hmm. Thought it was really good, really entertaining. Um, but the one thing that I was like, okay, this keeps happening now, is when everyone just always seems to know where everyone else is, and they always just manage to get there first. If that makes sense, so like someone would go to their house like when Ryan Reynolds goes home and then The Rock is sitting there in the dark and like oh yes I found you and then The Rock and Ryan Reynolds would go somewhere and then Gal Gadot would turn up and be like I knew you would come here or something and then Mm. at the end when The Rock and Ryan Reynolds uh, when The Rock and Gal Gadot are on their boat and Ryan Reynolds is like I've been here on the boat with you for days it's like (laughs) how does everyone always know where everyone's gonna be like it, it, they just it, it was a trope that they kept doing and I was like it's, it, it's starting to seem unrealistic it's starting to be noticeably unrealistic mm. do you know what I mean like I can there's there's suspension of disbelief but you can only get away with that a couple of times even though it was still funny especially at the end like like I said when Ryan Reynolds was like no I, I got here yesterday but you know I I and he was like, so, like he watched them have sex or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like I, don't I was, know. I was not the only one that cried from your lobby. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what? The funniest, the 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 best thing to come out of this movie that I didn't know existed was Vin Diesel's audition for Cats, and I went to watch it, and it is fucking funny. Of like that, I think Ryan Reynolds just drops it in a line. Like the rocks, like about to say something like, oh, do you know what's funny? And then Vin Diesel's like, um, Ryan Reynolds is like, Vin Diesel's audition for Cats? He's like, it exists. I was like, okay, let, I need to see this then if it exists. It's on YouTube, bro. Look it up. It's fucking funny. Is he's it- young. He, he's young, yeah. And he's just doing a scene. Like, I don't know if he's made it up himself or if it's from a movie or something, but he's basically playing like this kind of thug guy. And he's putting on this like Brooklyn accent, but he just sounds like Rocky Balboa. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he, it, the movie's, <laughs> is, is a short movie audition and it's called Multifacial. I don't know why. I don't know why. That sounds like a short take. I'm seeing this but, girl for like three months already, right? I bring her candies, oh, I bring her flowers. Yeah. I take her to the movies, nice restaurants. I'm treating this girl kind of special, right? I'm meeting her family, she's meeting my family. I'm about to let her start hanging out with the fellas, which as you know, is something you don't do, it's a big no-no. Anyhow, one night we go out, right? You see how he sounds like Rocky every now and again? When he tries to do like, I don't know, to me he starts sounding like Rocky. But it's funny because like, he's talking about taking his girl to a restaurant to meet the family or whatever. And then he gets into how like, he sees his wife look for his girl look at some guy and when he turns around to look at the guy the guy is looking at the menu and he's like am I some kind of dickhead like you're just pretending to read the menu when I look at you like and so he goes over to him and then like like smacks the guy in the face or something like that and then like he's about to fuck this guy up 
but then some other guy and he's like and then this other little faggot walks in like this little like and he's like i ain't i ain't homophobic or nothing yo but this little faggot and i was gonna fuck him up too but then like so then there's some guy runs in to and and like the guy who he just thought was looking at his girl is gay in it so he couldn't have possibly been looking at your girl and so the 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 gay he's gay man who runs in or whatever he's like oh he's not the problem your girl's the problem like why is she looking at my man or whatever like that yeah so then he's like so Vin Diesel starts describing about how he then started beating his girl he is like like oh I beat her like, and starts like getting gassed and cracking up about how he beat his girl and then he's like uh, and like and now she don't call me no more like i don't get it though i don't get why she don't call me no more and it's like the whole the whole thing is just funny bruv like when you get a chance watch the whole thing man this is it's so stupid i don't see how this is an audition for cats i don't see why it's called multifacial i don't get it's just it's, it's got thirty four thousand six hundred twenty eight views or the one that i'm looking at anyway my one doesn't yeah, have the well, multi- my one doesn't have the multifacial one Oh, is it? Oh, okay. No, the one that I watched, when it starts, it, it says like Vin Diesel, multifacial. And I was like, whoa, has Ryan Reynolds oh, this one, this... tricked me? Has I'm... Ryan Reynolds just tricked me into watching gay porn or something? Like, I was yeah, really that's like... It. This, is, this is the multifacial one. <laughs> yeah. But no, definitely, right? It's just, it's, 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 if anything, it's definitely just like an interesting artifact to kind of just look at and be like... Well, didn't Vin Diesel do the whole bebop boxing when he was little? And then he also did that one for the advert for the, like, toys. Like, Vin Diesel did a lot of shit when he was younger that people didn't realise was him. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. He's got, oh, like, how to do hip-hop with Vin Diesel or breakdance with Vin Diesel. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. I need to see that as well, then. Yeah, I'll see if I can find and send it to you. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so I gave that whole trick. You gave it a free piece. Um, last thing I'm going to talk about to you for today is Hawkeye dropped today. Happy Hawkeye Day. Um, now, <laughs> I think out of everything that Disney Plus has dropped here, this is probably the most they should have just dropped everything because it's only, what, six episodes long? Um, yeah. You know... Hawkeye doesn't have the love like some Arab characters like you know me I love Hawkeye and I think he's a sick character in it and you know I'm I'm gassed for the series but the first episode and the first two episodes were a little bit slow um and alright it makes sense in a comic-y marvel-y world for the most part yeah but like in the MCU it felt very out of place. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, why would Kate Bishop put on a suit? Like, the tracksuit mafia, we've never seen it before. Like, why would there be a gang in, in the real world called a tracksuit mafia and look like that? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was probably the most comic-y booky thing that I've seen Marvel produce. Don't get twisted, I liked it. And I'm enjoying it because yeah. obviously I'm a, I'm a fan of Hawkeye, but it just seems very, I wouldn't say slapstick, but I don't know. Like, yeah, okay. no, yeah, I get what you mean. It is. Not, it's, but, not, it's not as bad as like, let's say the Batman TV show where it has the Kaplow and stuff, but it, uh, felt, it felt like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. A bit campy, maybe. Yeah, bit, um, like when others like seem like nitty gritty and realistic. Like this, I felt like. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they shot Arrow you saw Kaboom come out, come out of it. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting that you say this is probably the most comic booky because out of all of the shows so far, this one has probably followed a specific comic book run the closest, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Like even the 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 logo the the colors and the the opening credits and stuff a lot of that art style was taken directly from the, like the the front covers of this comic book like it was very stylized in the same way that the the opening credits are um even like the tracksuit mafia taken straight from the comics um the 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 dog uh everything everything in the show is, is drawn a lot out of this one run so maybe that's why it's giving you more kind of campy comic book vibes than the rest, because even though the rest may have like, like one division, for example, took the concept of, um, uh, house of M and stuff like that, but it wasn't really that story. Do you know what I mean? It was its own thing. Whereas this, it's directly taken scenes from the comic. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and he, even if it like kind of turns it on its head so like the introduction of the dog uh the dog's in the comic book in the comic the dog gets hit by a car and hawkeye finds it and then like takes it to a vet and looks after it whereas in the first episode of this the dog like runs out into traffic so it kind of like if 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 you know about the comic you'd be expecting or scared that the dog's going to get hit mm. but then obviously Kate bishop saves him so it kind of it takes your expectations from the comic, hints at that version of it, but then kind of turns it on its head, if that makes sense, and does something different. Um, and there's quite a lot of that in this. Like even the whole thing with the tracksuit mafia, that's the main group of villains from that run of the comics. So, uh, and, and the same thing, they they all say bro, and like they look like that, they dress like that. Um, they infiltrate the the auction going on mm. all of that is is directly pulled from the comics so i get why you would say that but to me but i'm not a comic book keeper person so i didn't even realize that i've never read this run yeah no i i, I know i get yeah. it i but i mean like the fact that you could even pick up on that feeling mm. you know what i mean it, it, it is that's probably the reason why because it <coughs> it is the most directly influenced by the comics out of all of them but to me, even though it, it didn't open with a bang, it wasn't really the most exciting. I feel like in terms of the quality, this has been or has potential to be the most like, maybe because it's, it's one of the founding Avengers of the MCU. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's why I'm getting more kind of, of a theatrical kind of vibe from it. But this seems more to me in line with the movies than any of the other stuff if that makes sense like even even falcon and the winter soldier as much as it was more like the mcu than say one division and loki were because mm. those two are really out there this hawkeye show seems even more uh 
I don't know. Maybe it's because it's grounded. Like it's really low level stuff. Like he goes LARPing at one point. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. after having the sacred timeline and multiverses and do you know what I mean? And, and all this stuff to now just see like, which was funny. It reminded me kind of of tag, which had um, the actor in it as well. But it was like this guy who's an Avenger, who's got all these skills, now has to do LARPing. And of yeah. course he's going to wreck everyone. Like, it was nothing to him. The way he was just walking past and, like, casually brushing people off and killing people like it was nothing. Because, of course, he's he's used... He even says at one point, when he confronts the guy that's got his suit, and the guy's like, oh, just let me kill you, please. Like, it will make me look so cool. Like, you're a real hero, and this is the closest I'm going to get. Even even Hawk, even Clint Barton himself is like, I thought Thanos, like, I've, I've, done, I've done big important shit and that now I'm laughing. Like, that, that shit made me laugh. Like, I like that kind of, like... No, what made me laugh all is like, make sure you return us. I don't want to get charged with my credit card. Like, it's like a whole yeah. Avengers is like, nah, I can't afford this. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, they will charge you. Mm. But yeah, no, it's good, man. I like, I like, I feel like all the actors are on point. Um, Haley Steinfeld, whatever her name is, as Kate Bishop, I feel like she's really good. Mm. Um, even, um, what's his name, playing Hawkeye is good. I feel like when you get Hawkeye with his family, you see like the Hawkeye that we've always known, like this yeah. nice, nice, friendly Hawkeye. But when he's with Kate Bishop and you see, you kind of see him from her perspective. And he's kind of intimidating. He's like, he, like he's her idol. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. he's a bit harsh with her because like he ain't got time for this shit. But also he's trying to protect her in a way he doesn't want to get her mm. involved. I think, because I think what's the most dope about is that like, especially the bits of his family. Yeah, like remember his family went missing for five years. Like yeah. he, he's he's playing catch up in it. He's like you know, trying yeah. to get as much time with him as possible because, you know, he now knows that, like, time is precious, isn't it? Mm. It's true. One thing, again, it can't be helped because his kids, his whole family got dusted, right? Yeah. But his oldest son, the actor that plays him, has fucking grown like he looks like a fucking man now yeah and it's like if you got dusted you shouldn't have been aging this whole time <laughs> yeah but you can't obviously make a human being not age like and i don't think de-aging technology works at that younger level like you can't take a, <laughs> a 15 year old and make him a 10 year old like do you know what i mean i don't think de-aging can work that well just yet but i don't know it was weird like there were times i forgot he was hawkeye's son like there was one moment where he was sitting, like he was standing on the road or something, watching a video of Ronin on, on his phone. Mm. And I was like, who's this man? <laughs> and then Hawkeye walks out and he's like, come on, son. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not your son. <laughs> like, he's even got like some deep voice. Like, I don't know, man. It's just unfortunate. Again, you can't stop people from aging. So yeah. you can't hold that against them. But it was just... It was just weird for me to see at times, man. I was going to say something else, but I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I think the, the the little clips that they showed of him. <laughs> have, you, have you watched Archer? Uh, not all of it, but okay. yeah. I've so so basically, there's um there's a season where Archer gets cancer in it. And then it flashes back to like, why, like he was like, oh, the, the nurse asks, like, oh, 
why do you have cancer in it? And it flashes back to him like <laughs> playing with um, plutonium, um, banging a woman in the x-ray machine and all these things <laughs> that obviously give him cancer. And then yeah. it was when, when Kate Bishop was like, like, why do you have a hearing aid? And it just flashes back to all the times where Hawkeye's like just been like nearly blown up or like just had, you know, been thrown, yeah. f- thrown through a piece of glasses. And I was just like, <laughs> like that made me laugh so much because I was like, of course he's going to have hearing issues. Like with the mouth, ex- like yeah. he's human, he's normal. The mouth explosion he's gone through is it, like, I can't believe that it took him this long to start like having hearing problems. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He's done well considering. Yeah. Um, but again, that that's that's an aspect taken directly from the source material. But I like how they've managed to incorporate all of this stuff into this present moment of the MCU. Like mm. in the comics, he, he he's got a hearing aid. He's going deaf. So in this, they've given him a hearing aid and they've made him go deaf. And they've explained it through his history of the MCU. Do you know what I mean? So. I like how they're incorporating a lot of the aspects of the the comic book run, mm-hmm. but relating it to what's happened in the MCU so far, if that yeah. makes sense. I think that's pretty cool. Like, even the stuff with the Ronin suit mm-hmm. and the sword, like all of that is, is really cool, man. And again, taking direct inspiration from the comics. Now, there's just a few things I just want to talk about. Um, so the opening scene, uh, starts in New York in 2012, mm-hmm. and as soon as I saw 2012, I was like, "Okay, so Battle of New York." Battle of New York. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Yeah, throughout the whole scene, I was just looking out the windows. I was like, "Any second now, we're going to see an alien fly by, or going to see something." And then it started, and it was really cool because, in the same way how we saw kind of Monica Rambo's uh, perspective of the blip. Mm. now we get to see kind of someone else's perspective of the, the Battle of New York and it's terrifying like to, mm. to have experienced that is, is fucking must have been scary but she she loses her dad her dad dies mm-hmm. and then obviously she's she lives with her mum still um, but what I want to say about that again this might be getting into spoiler territories because if it seems to be drawing a lot of inspiration from the comics, mm. this may end up being the case. But, uh, so, I don't know. Should I, should I say it or should I not say it? Yeah, go on. Because I want to... I I yeah, go on. Because I want to yeah. see if some of my speculations are true. Because um, I was okay. going to ask you to speculate on who you think the um, the new husband's going to be. Because he's clearly not... You uh, know. Okay, I can tell you who he is. Okay, go on. So, in the comics... Um, he is a character called the Swordsman. Okay. Um, he is the guy that trained Hawkeye originally in the comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he, uh, I think, goes on to... I'm not sure if he trains Kate Bishop as well, but he, he's, he's called the Swordsman. Obviously, he's good with swords, which is why they. it was nice when they had that little... Um, Fencing was it called? Is it jousting? Fencing. 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 Fencing, sorry. Jousting. (laughs) Yeah, when they had that little fencing thing and he was pretending not to be as good as he actually is. Mm -hmm. And then when she went to stab him in the face, not only did he like block it, but he disarmed her as well in that one swing. Casually as well. Huh? Casually, like he made it casual. Like like it was nothing. He didn't even have to look at her. So that shows how good a swordsman he is. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? 
And um, like I said, in the comics, he trained Hawkeye. Mm. Um, so I think that it's a misdirect. I think we're being, we're kind of being led to believe he is the villain. Mm-hmm. And he is the one that maybe killed uh, his uncle. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Nah, uh, because think... of the whole bar scotch thing. Yeah. But I think the true villain is going to turn out, again, this is kind of spoilery, but in the comics, um, it's not her dad that dies. Um, in the comics, her mum dies when she's young. But it turns out that her mum didn't actually die. Her mum faked her death or something and has been alive this whole time and turns out to be a villain called Madame Mask. Okay. So, huh? I said, okay, because I, I was thinking that the dad's probably not dead because we just, like, we didn't get to see, like, where his office was. Yeah, we didn't get, we didn't even get, the, a rule of cinema is if you don't see them die on camera, they're probably not dead. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that we didn't see him die and the fact that they seemed a bit shady anyway, like even from the opening scene, I was like, sounds shady scenes going on. Like they was having an argument about something mm. and then when it was all kicking off, they went missing for time. Like she was running around the house looking for them and couldn't and find bo- them. And both like, parents what were you up to? Yeah. So I think they are maybe either her mum is going to be revealed to be Madame Mask, mm-hmm. and she's actually in charge of the auction. Like, that's why she wasn't there buying anything, because it was her auction. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And she might turn out to be the head behind all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, or they're going to flip it and make it be her dad. Maybe her dad's going to come back, and she's just going to be oh, like, oh, I thought you were dead. And so, similar story, but maybe they'll do it with a dad, or maybe they'll combine. Maybe her dad and her mom are working together and they're the real villains or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like something like that is going to be coming. And I feel like this whole thing with the stepdad is just to throw you off, mm. to make you believe it's going to be him. And then but, was that echo at the end as well? The the deaf girl? Yeah. Not the deaf girl, so, the yeah, mute the, girl. Yeah, so that would... That, no, she is deaf. So that, was, that was echo at the end. Uh, she's deaf. That's why she had her hand on the speaker like that. And then when he came, when the guy came in and was like, "We've got them both," he likes did a little sign language as well. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, that's Echo. She's got the power. She basically like Taskmaster. She can imitate any movements. Do you know what I mean? Like an Echo repeats, you shout, and then the Echo repeats it back. That's why her name is like that. Okay. Um, so she can see anything, anyone do anything, like play the guitar do ballet, like whatever she sees fighting, she can imitate it. So I'm guessing she's going to learn some archery skills off of Hawkeye and Kate Bishop at some point. She's also already been confirmed to be getting her own show. Um, That's Yes, yes. So in that 2021 Disney anniversary thing, uh, one of the announcements was Echo's uh, getting her own show. Mm. Um, she also has ties to Kingpin in the comics, which has been a big rumor that Kingpin, uh, yeah, Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is going to be appearing in this show, Yes, which would be cool if when Hawkeye was Ronin, if one of the like crime families that he was fucking with was Kingpin's family, that, that would be pretty cool. And to see Kingpin turn up would be pretty cool. In my opinion, I would like to see that. Mm. Um, 
also as well that the finale is like 23rd of December so we after um, Spider-Man's drop so if if Daredevil is a Spider-Man doesn't get ruined by Hawkeye yeah that's true yeah exactly so yeah it would be nice to see both Daredevil and Kingpin uh, in the MCU yeah one in Hawkeye one in Spider-Man that would be cool uh, and then Kingpin could potentially take that sixth place as the um, in the Sinister Six, even though that movie's already got enough going on. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? We're we're still. Um, I mean, we can talk about let's let's finish Hawkeye. But if you've got time, do you want to talk about that Spider Man trailer? Yeah, yeah, we can do that real quick. Yeah. So yeah, so all right, let, let me just wrap um, wrap up on Hawkeye. Um, I like the the um, the Rogers musical. The, oh, that the was cringy for me. Musical. That was so that was, cringy. That was jokes, isn't it? Oh, it was cringy, man. So dead. And then um, to have, when he goes to the toilet, he sees someone put Thanos was right. Yeah. And I was like, that's very meta because like, that's what a lot of fans have been saying, like Thanos was right. So they've obviously taken that. And even, even Hawkeye himself kind of makes a face like, oh. Maybe he was like he just seems like he doesn't like people right now. Do you know what I mean? Icarus was right. That was who he was fucking right. <laughs> Icarus was right. Yeah, that I is, guess. Oh, but but then anyway, yeah. That 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 would be a whole Icarus another was, thing to get through. Every I told you, every time I turn the news, I just be like, Icarus was right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to ask you something, yeah, mm. because we had a little discussion when we watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah about the finances of the Avengers. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, Falcon in his own show was broke. Mm-hmm. Um, he couldn't even apply for a loan. Yeah. He was struggling to help his sister with the boat. Like, money was an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Hawkeye... Fam, like, do we even need to go into this? Family... Huh? Fam, do we even need to go into this? Like, No, we have to. We have to, because if you don't address it, it will continue. Fam, and this is how one of them is black, one of them is white. <laughs> like, what more can I say? Like, yes, thank you. I was thinking, that's all I could think of. When I was seeing Hawkeye in this fancy Chinese restaurant, ask, with his whole family, so, and he's asking them, do you want more crab? Crab's expensive, you know. And he's asking if they want more, implying he's already purchased crab <laughs> as well as whatever else is on this nah, table. Do, do you know what? Yeah, the, kids more. The one, the one thing I will say though is that Clint's been under Shield's payroll for a long time, <laughs> and he weren't no chump at Shield. He was one of, he was basically other than Maria Hill, yeah. I would say he was like the next closest thing to being like if Maria Hill was um, Samuel L. Jackson's right hand man, Clint was his left hand man. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So he was on that. He's been on that. Um, what do you call it? That Shield payroll for a long time, innit? And I you know, hear that, but Shield was done way back in Winter Soldier. Like from Phase Two, Shield's been kaput, so he ain't been getting money from them, and. He ain't been getting money from Tony, do you know what I mean? Since, like, I don't know. I just feel like, nah. I get what you're saying. I mm. get what you're saying. He, he was working for S.H.I.E.L.D. before. Yeah. But, like... I just, again, it, of, I, I, it's, it's a very bad optics, isn't it? 
the fact that I'm thinking of the white man as just having his shit together and having money to spare in it and having a good, well-paid job. And with the black That's guy, what I'm saying. And the black guy, I'm just like, nah, you probably had some shit-ass job. He didn't save his money. <laughs> you know, he was, yeah. probably, he was probably living paycheck to He's paycheck anyway. And yeah, like exactly. And stuff. Well, to be honest, whole like, <laughs> guy does have his own farm. Like, so he probably was, was quite self-sufficient so anyway. Does he actually farm anything? Because I don't remember seeing any animals. No, I know, but the fact that he's Just got like that, a... the fact that he's got that Lando means he's got pee, bruv. Yeah, but, but you know what? Do you know what pissed me off more than anything? What? You know what really pissed me off the most? He got a few for so, free. Thank you. He's he got it for free. He's here. He's ordering, which means he must be able to pay for it. No one goes to a restaurant that they can't afford. Yeah. So he must know I can afford more crab. More crab. Yeah. I can afford more crab. And then this prick comes up and says, Oh, it's on the house, sir. And he's like, No, I'll pay, it's fine. No, no, it's on the house. You're a hero. You saved us all. And I'm like, fucking Sam Wilson saved bare people as well, you know? Like, he was there also. Like, yeah, but Sam but Wilson, Sam Wilson fucking didn't, loan. Like, Sam, Wilson didn't, you back. Sam Wilson didn't go for Chinese, though, man. He he went to get a loan. <laughs> if, it, if Sam yeah. Wilson went to the Chinese well, shop... The way, the, way the way things are seeming, I don't know if we'll, if, if Sam Wilson would have been allowed in the place. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, Sounds wow. like, I don't know, mate. But I don't know. That, that, nah, I'm, I'm, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking, raw, like, Hawkeye's going on holiday. He's just changing the flights you know? like that. Like, no, nah, don't worry, babes. I'll, I'll be home for Christmas. Like, my man had to book a whole new flight, you know. He's like, yeah, cash. <laughs> cash. Like it was nothing. Like it was nothing. All right, so we're back. I should have more space to record now, but we're going to kind of pretty much just wrap it up. Um, yeah. I give this episode a free piece. Um, I'm a big fan of Hawkeye, so I really do hope that um, this show is successful. Um, and it's short, so I'm pr- hoping it's going to be quite action-packed, to be honest. There's f- four episodes left and we're done. Yeah. The funny <laughs> thing is, next week, we're already at the halfway point. Yeah, exactly. Which is mad. Sure, so sure, yeah, sure, hopefully sure. It, it, it kicks up a notch because it's been a bit tame, mm. but I, I, I've been enjoying the characters enough, and it's like, like with with Marvel shows, it's like it's like a long movie. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't really take each episode individually; it all leads up to Something. it's all like one movie. So we're still in Act One. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Episode and four will be at two and then five and six will be at three the climax so yeah i feel like it's going to build up that that scene that i saw um last week or whenever when they did the disney plus day or whatever th- there is a nice action scene coming oh, do you know what i mean the, the car chase yeah that, like, slides, that was nice. sexy so if that's what they're giving away in like promotional material, like there should be some nice, sexy action scenes coming. Mm. I have, I have no doubt about it. Even from what we've seen, like that scene where they was in Kate Bishop's um, apartment, yeah, and the tracksuit mafia turned up with like Molotov cocktails. That was funny. And threw it, and yeah. then he smashed the window and then caught it, it and then dashed it back. back. Yeah, that was sick. I was like, fucking hell. Now, do you know sick. what I didn't like though? Yeah, you know when she was scuffing in the auction place with the bottles. Them bottles should have smashed, man. Yeah. There was no, like, what? I feel like it would have been more 
it would have been a better scene if the bottles were smashing. Yeah. Like, there was enough, like, there was in a wine cellar or whatever. She could have just been grabbing and smashing. But I feel like that's showing the Disney aspect of this. Like, I don't know, maybe bottling someone over the head, if the glass breaks, it seems more violent than if it's just like a little doink on the head. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I'd prefer the, the, that every time she hits someone, the bottle will smash over their face, like, yeah, and then she grabs another bottle from behind her. Or so, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah that would have been it. Hmm. Right, do you want to very, very, very swiftly just go over the Spider-Man stuff? So for me, it just confirms stuff that I really kind of theorised in my head anyway. Yeah. So we did. it confirmed that the spell was more than likely done, with, done by Peter and he fucked it up. Yeah. I've been hearing that as well. I've been hearing that, like, people are speculating that Doctor Strange, when he initially does the spell, it's just an illusion to show Spider-Man what could go wrong or what happens or whatever like that. And then Spider-Man comes back and tries to do it himself. Yeah, with And Nick that's what and, ends up. Um, what's her name? Oh, what's her name? Mary Jane. You know what, yeah? Yeah. I, I think, yeah... That the scene where Mary Jane is falling, yeah, I think the person that saves her is Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. I think that as well. I think that as well. Um, there's been a lot of speculation about that, but I, I think that would be sick. That would kind of redeem him from what happened in his own movie. Exactly. You know I, mean? I think at that moment is where like, they swap around. And uh, this is not my theory, and you know this is Martin's theory, and... After he said the theory, I started to see it pop up on Facebook and stuff. That the reason why Lizard is potentially getting punched by something invisible is potentially that it could be Miles Morales. I think that'd be really cool that, if we get a Miles in this. That is a sick theory. Like, that kind of blew my mind. And mm. I was thinking, of course, like, if he's invisible, that would be a nice way to introduce him. It would explain why Lizard's neck just twists like that all of a sudden. Yeah. But, um,. I think, like, definitely something's going on there, like, because even if you just look at the trage- trajectory of their jumps, like, Lizard is jumping no way near Spider-Man. He's jumping like, towards something in the middle. Huh? He's jumping, like, there's, I swear in that shot there's three villains. Would yeah. it not make sense for there to be three Spider-Men as well? Exactly, exactly. That would be cool, right? Like, mm. And, like... The the this the whole we've even had um, like leaked photos and stuff, and some of them like I believed to be fake or I wasn't sure if they were real or not. But seeing this final climax, like on the Statue of Liberty with all the scaffolding, mm-hmm. a lot of the leaked images we've seen have been on scaffolding. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it kind of fits what this scene is showing, and like. We had that one, this that little bit of footage that looked like behind the scenes of Andrew Garfield in his suit with like blue screen behind him with scaffolding. Then there was another lim- image that dropped of all three Spider-Men like with their masks off. So you could see their face like standing again amongst kind of scaffolding kind of stuff and water. So it matches the location. So I feel like we won't get them in most of the film. Maybe they will just come for the climax. Mm-hmm. Like that scene where Dr. Strange is standing on the top of the Statue of Liberty. 
and he's like, I can't stop it. Like they're coming through. Yeah. He might not know who's coming. Like he might be, oh shit, like more people are coming through now. Yeah. But it's, it turns out it's Spider-Man and they're coming to help now. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like for the majority of the film, Tom Holland's Spider-Man will be struggling to deal with this shit himself. And then in the final climax is when we'll get the two extra Spider-Men that come and help him. I also saw somewhere that um, someone that worked on the movie said that both Toby and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man get about half an hour of screen time each. And it's not even necessarily half an hour of separate screen time. A lot of the time they're on screen together. Mm. So it's like shared half an hour of screen time. And usually Marvel movie climaxes, like the final battle, they're usually about half an hour, if not longer. Do you know what I mean? So it could, they could, I feel like they're just going to turn up at the end and and help with the final battle. Um, I don't think we're going to get anything more than that. I think the majority of the film is going to be Tom Holland fighting the, well, at the moment, this seems to be the Sinister Five, but people are speculating over who the potential sixth um, villain could be. To be honest, they no one's ever said that it's the Sinister Six. Like, we could just be assuming that there's going to be a sixth one, but they'd be stupid to come so close, like, to do five villains. Like, just add one more and make it the Sinister Six. I, I've said my money's on Vulture. I know it, it may not make sense here, but I'm not changing my mind on that. Like, I think it's going to be Vulture. All right. Well, here's my thing about Vulture. I think that would make the most sense because he's an established villain. Like, all the villains so far are from the other franchises, either the Sam Raimi movies or the Andrew Andrew Garfield movies. So it would be nice to have at least one villain on the team who's from Tom Holland's franchise. You know what I mean? Um, So... It, it would make sense to be the vulture. The thing that's throwing me off is that Morbius trailer. And in the Morbius trailer, we see Vulture and he's still a prisoner. So either he gets broken out of prison for this movie, does what he's doing, and then ends up back in prison, or he's not in the movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And they're saving him for something later on down the line. Yeah. Um, it could potentially be Mysterio. Again, people are saying he might not have actually died. He could have faked his death. Some people are even claiming that uh, the Sandman that we're seeing might not even be actual Sandman. It could be another Mysterio illusion because he's already done all the elemental stuff. So maybe this might be another one of his elemental illusions, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, but I I just think it's going to be Sandman. Um, It could be Venom. Because obviously we had that post-credit scene nah. of Venom. He's in the MCU now. Venom and Venom's gonna be in a post-credit in this movie. You think he's gonna be a post-credit? Yeah, I don't think See, he's gonna be in this actual movie. I I reckon you're right. I agree with you. I don't think he's gonna be in this. I think they're setting him up for maybe a Venom sequel or mm. another Spider-Man movie where it's just gonna be Venom against Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna try and put him in this. However. Uh, I do have a theory of a Venom, which, um, because the one thing I don't like about this, that they're bringing in the other characters from other dimensions, is that this Peter Parker now doesn't have history with them. He doesn't have the connection. Like, Doc Ock 
it's he's meant to have like a mentor kind of relationship with Peter Parker, yeah, which is what makes it so dramatic. Um, Green Goblin, but the jo- but, but but we know what's going to be dramatic this time around. What do you mean? So the the the, the drama in this one is going to be that the everyone that he's interacted with, <laughs> he knows dies at the hand of Spider Man, so that's why he feels bad and he wants to send them back. Yeah, yeah. He does, I, no, I, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, he doesn't want to send them back. Sorry. Yeah, it's because he doesn't want to send them back to to their death, and yeah. a spider, especially if it's a Spider Man that kills them, and, and at this point, Spider Man's been accused of killing Mysterio, so mm. right, he doesn't. I get that, but what I'm saying is, the character dynamics between them, like Spider Man, like he's a stranger. Doc Ock is a stranger to Spider Man. He's just trying to save him out of out of a sense of duty, like mm. like he would try and save anyone, whereas. He's meant to have a relationship with him. Doc Ock is meant to be like his mentor. He's meant to look up to him as a scientist and all this stuff. And so there's like a level of betrayal and on both sides, like he feels betrayed by Doc Ock because he's a villain. And Doc Ock feels betrayed by Peter Parker because like you're like my 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 Padawan. <laughs> and but this whole time you've been Spider-Man. You've been my 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 nemesis you know what i mean same thing with green goblin green goblin's meant to be spider-man's top arch nemesis but again he's just a stranger to him in this movie he doesn't know he doesn't have any history with norman osborne no history peter parker has no history with norman osborne like it's to me it's a bit of a shame like as much as i like bringing back all these villains because yeah this is especially green goblin and doc ock like that was the prime of, of spider-man villains but mm. it's a shame that in this universe spider-man doesn't have the tr- like the relationship with his villains that we've grown to expect do you know what i mean what makes it so compelling do you know what i mean but yeah i mean electro has a nice redesign he seems more like the electro from the spider-man game mm. like even he's got like he, he's that kind of spiky star mask that he wears rather than having a mask it's like actual electricity like in the shape of a kind of star on his face that's pretty cool um we've talked about lizard and his invisible punch uh sandman i don't know if it's gonna be do you reckon sandman and lizard are gonna be portrayed by the same actors like do you think sandman's gonna be thomas hayden church from spider-man 3 or do you think he's just always gonna be like a sand cloud do you think he's ever going to go to his human form? I, I think we'll see him in the human form. I don't know. It would be nice for him to come back since everyone else is coming back. Yeah. And also, like, the lizard as well, played by, was it, Reese if- Iffens or whatever? Do you reckon? Again, he'd probably... <coughs> no idea. Uh, but then again, that's, a, that's another mentor kind of figure. Like, that was Peter Parker's teacher. Mm. You know what I mean? And now we've got no, like, all of these connections that he's meant to have with his villains, he now doesn't have because they're just random people that have come from a different universe, which to me is a bit of a shame, but I don't know. I'm still, I'm still into it, but I feel like is, there's a slight bit there that makes me think, oh, that's a shame. Because now how are they going to do, how are they going to introduce a Norman Osborn into the MCU when they've already done this. Like, hmm. is there a, is there a Norman Osborn? Is there an Oscorp in the MCU? Is there a Otto Octavius somewhere in the world now? Like, do you know what I mean? Like when Doc Ock comes through 
to our world are there now two Doc Ox in the world like just one we haven't seen yet do you know what yeah. I mean or is that it this is the only Doc Ock we're going to get way so, so it's, it's slight as excited as I am like my excitement eclipses any doubt I have in my head but there's still a slight sense of oh do you know what I mean yeah um, but anyway, so the story is all the Spider-Man villains have been killed by Spider-Man. However, that's not true. Lizard and Sandman didn't die in their movies. Um, Sandman kind of had a redemption and kind of made peace with Spider-Man. Peter Parker even forgave him for killing well, Ben Parker. That's that's in the universes that we know. Isn't it? Again, if they're coming from another different dimension, maybe in their universe they do get killed by Spider-Man. Maybe, yeah, potentially. But then again, that adds, like, with Green Goblin and, and Doc Ock, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, they got killed by Spider-Man, but how are they alive here? Maybe they got taken from a world, like, it's it's still the Sam Raimi movies, but they got pulled out of their world before their own climax. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So before Green Goblin got killed, he was pulled out before Doc Ock had his redemption and died. He got pulled out, so they're still like villains. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas with Sandman, it's like, but in the end of his movie, he was he was redeemed. Like he has no reason to hate Peter Parker anymore. Peter Parker even forgave him. So, in do they go on to then fight some more and like does Spider Man eventually kill him? Or is it, like you said, is it just another variant from a completely different universe where it, it it's the same as the Raimi universe, but the difference is that Spider-Man ends up killing him? Maybe, maybe they're from a universe where, because Spider-Man attempted to kill him when he had the Venom suit on. So maybe in that world, he, he achieved it. He killed him. Do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of questions, though, I guess. That, that we're going to get answered when we watch the film. Yeah. Um, and we get the film two days before the Americans do, so we will yes. we'll, we'll try and put out uh, an early review. Yes, that would be nice. Um, but yeah, I think, I think like you said, you, you mentioned the um, MJ falling. Uh, I think that's pretty cool because it's like every Spider-Man has had that moment now. Mm-hmm. Obviously... Uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man had it in the first movie. He managed to save his Mary Jane. Andrew Garfield had it in, I think, Amazing Spider-Man 2, but he couldn't save Gwen Stacy. So it'll be a nice redemption if he's the one that saves um, Mary, this MJ falling. That'll be, that'll be pretty cool. Uh, I think that's it. Just, yeah, just speculation on a sixth member. Again, like we've said Venom. Oh, yeah, my theory about Venom. So in the end credits, Venom says to, to Eddie Brock that um, they have a, a, a collection of knowledge. Over, uh, they've got like a hive mind and a collection of knowledge from from uh, from across, universes. across the universes. Yeah. So not not just the universe, he said a hive knowledge from across universes, mm. plural, hinting at the multiverse. So my question is, does the Venom symbiote have a hive a hive mind 
that reaches across the multiverse. So would this Venom have the memory of the Venom from Spider-Man 3? Even though it's a different Venom, could that hive mind knowledge, could he have access to that information? Which is why when he then sees Spider-Man on TV, even though Eddie Brock has never seen Peter Parker or Spider-Man, like that doesn't exist in his world, but Venom seems to recognize him and seem to to recognize J. Jonah Jameson as well. Because mm. in this, the scene, the news starts off with J. Jonah Jameson and Venom's already reacting. If you rewatch that scene, Venom's already reacting just from seeing J. Jonah Jameson, which again was in the Sam Raimi films. I think uh, Eddie Brock was even working for J. Jonah Jameson in that movie. So of course he'd recognize him. And then when he sees Peter Parker, he's like, oh, this guy. So maybe he has memory of like he has shared memory with the venom from spider-man 3 so even though we might not get that venom in this movie he still has do you know what i mean he, he still has an element of history with spider-man through the hive knowledge yeah that make sense? that's what i'm kind of thinking that's why i think they're going to go with it um other possible six members of the sinister six scorpion he was in the first uh, Spider-Man Homecoming movie. Um, he could potentially be one of the members. But I've heard that they may be saving him for when Miles Morales turns up. And okay. so he can potentially be a villain of Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhino from the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Ugh. That would be dumb because he was shit. So let's not even bring that. Um, Harry Osborn. So the Green Goblin again. We've got two potentially two of them because right, so there were okay the one I I've not had an opportunity to go back and screenshot it yeah, but there is one scene in the trailer that looks like there's a it looks like it's the Hobgoblin. I don't know whether oh so you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, like and he, he's throwing like all these green. Like he's he's not got the same helmet on that the Green Goblin has. It yeah, looks like he he's looks different. Bubbles. Yeah, that yeah to me that looks like Harry Osborn Green Goblin from from the Sam Raimi trilogy. No, you mean Hobgoblin? Hobgoblin, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. But it, Harry Osborn basically is what I'm saying. Yeah. So maybe so, the rumors that Ned has lost the weight to be the Hobgoblin could come true. Uh, oh, okay. So you you think that was Ned? Maybe not our Ned. But it could ah, be uh, a Ned. It could be a Ned. That's, ah, that's, that's it. I didn't that, even that's think playing of the Hobgoblin. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's cool, actually. Because like he has lost idea. bare weight. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of clues. He's lost bare weight in the in the marketing for this movie. There was one like poster, and like they they released like a bunch of character posters that had like graffiti on it and stuff like that. And in Ned's poster the graffiti someone's drawn and colored in like an orange kind of goblin hat on his head mm. so it's like is that teasing what's coming or are they just taking a piss yeah Do you know what I mean? um but yeah either like i said we've got two harry osborns who became goblins from the previous franchises either of them could come through or like you said ned leeds could become the um uh, a hobgoblin as well uh or kingpin that's the last one on my list i'd like to see kingpin turn up in this movie especially if he's in hawkeye 
like to 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 bring him over into this as well would be cool mm. because as much as Kingpin is a daredevil villain and a Hawkeye villain and all this, let's be real, he's a Spider Man villain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we need to see him in a Spider Man movie. That would that would be sick. Mm. But um, yeah, man, I I just can't wait for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, boy. A lot of things to cover today. Mm. Um, I've still got a couple of more other things to catch up on. Uh, so hopefully I'll be re- reviewing stuff with Stevie, Martin, and hopefully a, a special appearance from Marvin on Sunday. But mm. as always, BT, thanks for joining me. Say bye to the people. Bye to the people. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye now. <laughs>